we're gone. Do we have a choice? Oh, hey, we're live. Hey, guys. Hello. Hi, everyone. Love the comments. Let's this see. Is- this is just this is just a temporary show. We start live when the radio goes live. Until then, we just act like well, I just act like a redhead. And there we go. <laughs> Gina's cute, and I'm the Gina's cute. <laughs> yeah, she's on that side. <laughs> and I have to. It's 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 weird because it's backwards. Because right now your cam's right. You're right there. Yeah, I'm. I'm. Hi, Tony. You guys are. It's a, <laughs> no, it's there you, there you go. Hey, Sharon. Yeah. Hey, Junice. Okay. Okay. Just one thing throughout the show. If I'm not looking at you, it's not because I'm not paying attention or falling asleep. It's because I also work this at the same time. Okay, yeah. great. Because on this, using StreamYard, we cannot um, type in the comments. So, you know, like I used to be able to answer in the comments if I do it on my phone, but using StreamYard, you can see the comments, you can put the comments up on the screen, but you just can't answer them. So yeah. I would have to go back after the show and, you know, comment or like the comments or or whatever. Or make a face. Or, yeah. <laughs> put in yeah. links. I try. It's a little difficult to put in links with the, with the um, tablets, but I try. It doesn't work. People will forgive me because I'm cute. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Cute, cuteness uh, will get you very far. Oh, yes, it does. And it if does. it doesn't, then I, like I said, six feet separation. Six feet, yeah. <laughs> she starts speaking French. <laughs> oh, yeah. If I, start, if I start talking French, then you know I'm angry because I'm usually cursing. Okay. And if I speak Italian, then it's the same thing. You're Italian. I'm a finished wop. I'm finishing Italian. Oh wow! Okay. She's a finished wop. She makes great meatballs. You know, both uh, actually all countries that I've been to, so Finland as well as Italy oh, as well yeah. as France. Wow. But not. I've been to Canada, but not uh, the French-speaking part. Not Quebec? Oh, you should. If you like, yeah. if you like jazz, we have an awesome jazz festival every summer. You oh, know what? Uh, real jazz is getting harder and harder to find. They do have some non-jazz players, but they have some good, uh, really good jazz stuff up here. Okay. Yeah, because I'm from Chicago. Five and five, four, three, two, one. Okay. Good evening, everybody. I am Gina B. She is Mama D. You are in the Fox. Hi. We are here every Thursday from 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Tonight we have a very, very interesting guest in Cam Knight. And um, I I hope you read the book, Mama, because I found it extremely fascinating. I want every single one of his books. (laughs) What we're going to be talking about tonight is one of his books called Memory mostly, but we're going to touch on his other books too, because it's all about the mind, concentration, and whatnot. I will read his bio, and then we'll start right in on the interview, and if you guys have some questions, please feel free. Um, 
We'll put up your comments. If we don't see it right away, just put it in there again. Okay? Thank you very much. So Cam Knight, he is a coach, a writer, and author of several best-selling books in the area of mental performance, such as memory, concentration, and productivity. Growing up, he had tremendous difficulty focusing, sitting still, and keeping his mind on his thoughts and his thoughts on his mind. His mind and emotions raced and flew all over the place in quick, intense, and uncontrolled succession. This kept him from performing well in school and affected every area of his personal, professional, and academic life. Over the past 15 years, Cam has dedicated his life to understanding, exploring, and managing this mayhem. In his quest, he has left no stone unturned, willing to go anywhere, try anything, including working with shamans in the jungles of the Amazon, experimenting with innovative plants in Africa, visiting ashrams in Asia, and everything in between. This has given him insight into the mind and the human condition that is unparalleled. What's going on inside and how different drives and mechanisms affect our thoughts, actions, and decisions. Kim Knight's writings, books, and courses are a distillation of what he has learned on his incredible journey. So that's a little bit about you. It's just and a smidgen. A smidgen. Yeah, so at his, his, his young age that we just found out what it is, but we won't say unless he wanted yeah, us to. Please don't delphize. I don't talk about it too much. <laughs> he, he's, just, he's, just over, he's just over 21. That's all I got to yeah, say. Yeah, just over 21. He's legal, he's legal worldwide to go have a drink in a bar when they yeah. open up again. <laughs> he, has, he has accomplished a lot. We call him a baby just because he's younger than me and mama. But we won't say the age. But anyway. Everybody's younger than me, so deal with it. <laughs> it is what it is. But what's going across the bottom there is a list of all the books that he um, has written to date. And um, so, again, we're going to start talking about memory. And, Mama, have you got a question you want to ask him about memory? I do. Let me get my questions up. Why shouldn't people trust their memories? I like that one. Yeah. So this is uh, a very important principle that I like to teach people, which is not to rely on your natural mental processes to remember information. That's because as humans, we forget as much as 80% of what we hear, see, and learn within a few hours of hearing, seeing, and learning it. So that's not within a few months or a few weeks or even a few days, but within a few hours. And what's more is that majority of us rely on our memory to remember much more than that. We'll come across a great idea, important instruction, or valuable advice and think that it's just too great, too important, and too valuable to forget. And sure enough, we forget. And then we'll come across an even greater idea, more important instruction, and more valuable advice, but think this time that it's too great, too important, and too valuable, and sure enough, we'll forget again. And not only will we forget the thought or idea, but we'll forget that we even had one in the first place. We'll forget <laughs> that we forgot. <laughs> and Many of us actually, surprisingly, live our lives like this, constantly forgetting new and important information coming our way. And majority of the people, whatever advice they're seeking, whatever solutions they think that is missing in their life, they've actually probably come across it already multiple times. It's just that they forgot that they did. And so you hear the phrase that history repeats itself. Well, history repeats itself in our own lives. We're constantly forgetting, doing the same things over and over and making the same mistakes over and over. And it really comes down to just forgetting. 
So that's kind of the main thing I want people to understand is like not to rely on your natural mental processes because our mind forgets the majority of the things that we come across very quickly. I happen to agree because I do that a lot. Where I, I, I call it, I call a cat, me, cat mentality. I'll see something shiny and I'll forget about what I'm doing. And, and if I don't make lists or notes, I'm like, don't forget it. Yeah. And I just thought it was age. <laughs> so I would venture to say that more than likely you are writing down or you're going through the same lists or not even notes, but same things over and over, thinking it's the first time you're probably mm -hmm. trudging into that, that territory. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> walking into the room and forgetting what you're walking into the room for. Oh, oh yeah. Where's my glasses? Yeah. <laughs> As always. Um, so uh, Sharon Phillips wants to know, does Cam believe in a photographic memory? I actually, in a way, do believe in photographic memory. I think uh, we all have the ability to develop this memory. And I teach that in one of my books on using a technique called visualization. So visualization is simply creating mental images or creating pictures, scenes, and processes in our mind of the information that we want to remember. Wow. So Gina and Mama D, I'm sure you know what a turtle looks like, right? Yep. And I'm sure you know the color yellow? Yes. So if you could imagine a yellow turtle, you're using visualization. Yeah. Okay. And so this is, for humans, our dominant sense is sight. For dogs and sharks, it's smell. And for bats, it's sound. But we humans remember information far better, um, the things that we have seen, than the things that we hear or, or or that we read. And I can illustrate this with a few examples. You know, when we think back to all the places, that all the homes that we've lived in in our past, they come up as crystal clear images. But what doesn't really come up so well is the phone numbers and the addresses of those places. You know, we can recall the neighborhood very well, but what we can't recall is the street names or the names of some of the places in our neighborhood. So these examples illustrate that uh, our sense of sight goes a very long way in helping us remember. And in a sense, that's more or less photographic memory but for some people, it's far more detailed and refined than others. But we yeah. can train ourselves to make it as well. And we can do that by using visualization. And with the visualization, all you're doing is visualizing in your mind uh, information that you want to remember. <clears throat> and you try to create as detailed of the visuals as possible. And over time, they'll kind of ingrain in our mind. And anytime we want to recall information, we recall those details. And... The memory of it is right there. <clears throat> that is fascinating. That's, that's like, um, um, we'll say a, a medium, for example. Sometimes everybody will get a different picture in their head as to, they'll get a message from spirit and it'll be, for me, it'll be a wooden wheelbarrow. What to me it means won't be the same thing as to what another person will accept. And as for not remembering childhood phone numbers, I had the same phone number for my whole entire life. So I still remember 272-2229. Oh, okay. I, just, I just won't give you all the area code because that person will not be happy. Right, well, there are always exceptions to the rule, and there's always exceptional people who make those exceptions. So no, you I are the exceptional exception, I'm, Mama D. I'm the same, same number. My phone number from Massachusetts to here is almost it's the same 
second four, you know, instead of four digits as here, just the last two are like reversed. It's really strange. Hi. Okay. Yeah. But I'm going, huh, that is really neat. Um, hi, everybody that's just joining. Please share the video if you can. We would appreciate it, as would Cam. Um, now, all right, in your book, too, as we're talking about forgetting, now you claim that the mind is built to forget. Now, why would the mind make us forget? Yeah, so another thing that I really want people to come out of this is to understand that the mind is designed to make us forget things. And many are probably wondering, how could that be? Like, why would my mind make me forget? Well, there are advantages to forgetting. And there's three main advantages that I can talk about right now. First and foremost, majority of the information that we come across on a day-to-day -day basis is not useful for the long term. It's useful only for the short term or the moment. And I can illustrate by asking you guys two questions. One is, Gina, do you remember which color sock you put on three Wednesdays ago? <laughs> no. <laughs> Mama D. I would. I would because none. I go barefoot all the time. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> she cheated. <laughs> Mama D, do you remember uh, when you were drinking coffee two weeks ago, all the places you put down your cup in between sips? Yep. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> I only drink coffee in my office. I don't drink it in the kitchen. But when you put it down, do you remember where you put it down? Like here uh, on this spot and then this spot afterwards? Only because I do by repetition, I have the exact same place to put it on. Okay. All otherwise, right. well, it's like, mm. yeah, but, otherwise, that's, but that's form a habit. But like you said, if somebody's drinking a coffee and walking through the house and putting it down or doing different things, they're like Gina over there. That's the question you should ask me because I drink a pot of coffee every morning. I have ask her where she puts the pot. And the, well, the pot stays in the thing, but but the you know I fill up my giant cup, but then I start walking around, and I have that shiny ball syndrome. I'm like, oh well, you know what? I'm gonna dust that. Well, I'm gonna rearrange this because as you can see, I have a lot of stuff. I have a lot of stuff around the house. Yeah. Okay, and every time I clean, I move stuff. Dang, yeah. it's the challenge. Where did I move that? <laughs> I put it in a big spot. I put it in a very important spot, but where that spot is, no idea. Exactly. So it's very clear. I asked the. Uh... The wrong person, the wrong question. I could ask Mama D <laughs> a question about socks and you about the coffee. But the point is that, you know, such information is not useful. So the mind discards it very quickly. Mm -hmm. But at the time, it was useful. Knowing what color sock we put on is important. So we know to match it with our attire and not to wear the same sock that we did the day before. Or knowing where we put down our cup is important. So we, we know where to reach every time we want to take a sip. But to have that information day in and day out, week after week, month after month, year after year, it would flood our mind with useless information. And sifting through to find the useful one would be time-consuming and take a lot of effort. So that's one reason why my, our mind will make us forget. Another reason is that certain events and experiences are just too painful to remember. Thinking about them create overwhelming stress and anxiety. So as a self-defense mechanism, our mind will block out such memories so we can focus on what's more important in the moment. So these are two commonly known reasons why um, our mind will make us forget. But there's one reason. <clears throat> Go ahead. I'm I, I, just thinking about that, like traumatic, traumatic events and whatnot. And say you go to the hypnotist to remember. So the mind right. so it's actually still in there, right? So yeah, it's still in there but it's just kind of blocked. 
So is that a certain type of, you know, um, a, a switch that just turns on automatically in the brain? Yeah, so there's different reasons why our mind will... So my mind will throw out certain information and certain information it'll just keep us from accessing. And this will kind of lead into the third reason. So a, a huge reason that we forget is that we humans are made up of a complex set of mechanisms and processes. And for some of these mechanisms and processes to do what they're designed to do, they will make us forget. One of the more commonly known mechanisms is habits. Habits are designed to keep us in a routine or pattern of behavior. In their efforts, habits will do everything they can to make sure we stick to that pattern of behavior. Even if something is painful or downright bad for our health, habits will keep us in it. That's what they're designed to do. And so habits have all sorts of tricks up their sleeves to make sure that we stick to our old patterns. And one of those tricks involves making us forget anything that has that goes against what we're habitually ingrained to do. So your audience, as well as you, you, you two, may learn all this great advice from our show tonight, but if the advice goes against what you've been habitually ingrained to do, your habits will actively work to make sure you forget them, so you never even think about putting them into practice. Mm-hmm. And not only will you forget uh, the advice, but you'll even forget the commitments you made and the uh, action items that you're gonna take, yeah. And you'll even forget the things that are going to be key to achieving those commitments and action items, like important meetings and appointments and all of that stuff. New Year's so, resolutions. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So what's the window for chocolate bar? <laughs> exactly. We'll set a commitment, and a few days later, we completely yeah. forgot that we sent it. Yeah, we're on lockdown. We just had Easter. So we yeah. have I know. <laughs> My hand is more chocolate. <laughs> Yeah, so these are three main reasons why we forget. One is that uh, to keep our head from becoming overloaded with useless information. Mm-hmm. Two, so we're not distracted by um, memories that kind of are not good to sit with. And more importantly, for some of our mechanisms to do what they're designed to do, they need to make us forget. Right. So how does the mind then decide which ones it wants to keep? Yeah, so it's a very simple actual process. It really comes down to if information is presented in ways the mind is built to process and retain, that's information that we're going to have a higher chance of recording. But if it's not presented in ways that the mind has an easy time of retaining, then more than likely it'll be forgotten. For example, Anytime a memory is formed, grooves or tracks are created in the brain. And you can think of these grooves or tracks like footprints or breadcrumbs that lead to a specific memory. The more that a specific thought or idea is repeated, the deeper those grooves and tracks get, making it, easy, making it easier for the brain to locate that specific memory. Now, those grooves or tracks, they don't deepen by how important or valuable some information is they deepen simply through the act of repetition. So this explains why it's so hard to get commercial jingles out of our head. Yeah. We'll get something as something really important, like a very important meeting. Yeah, or a birthday. It's because the jingle has been repeated so often that it gets locked in our mind. 
But because we assumed the birthday or the appointment was important, we didn't do anything to repeat it. So the grooves didn't get deeper. And so our memory of it is not strong. Right. So, so that's like we can remember a song so much easier than we can a sonnet or a, yeah. a play or, you know what I mean, a passage if you were going to be an actor and you needed, you know, your lines. But you can sing a whole song that could probably have a lot more words than what you're supposed to remember. Yeah. Exactly. Because the because the rhythms in a song are associative cues to help you remember the next line and the line after that. So that's another example of how information is presented in a way the brain likes or is able to process and retain until you'll remember it longer. Cool. Well, Nina just asked the question I was going to ask, but in reverse, I was going to ask you, how does the mind decide what information to keep? So let's go on to the next one. What's the most important principle to memory? The most important principle is repetition. Now, before I talk about why, before I talk about why, I do want to preface by saying that when people hear the word repetition, they tend to tune out because they've heard it before, and they think because they've heard it before that it's not going to work for them, or no, it could be. But I really want to stress the importance of repetition, and repetition is important for three reasons. One, as I had mentioned, any time a memory is formed, grooves and tracks are created in the brain, and those grooves and tracks deepen simply through the act of repetition, not by anything else. So for us to deepen those neural pathways to make it easy for the brain to locate a memory, we need repetition. Two is that as humans, everything about us revolves around repetition. You know, they say that to get to be good at something requires practice. Practice is a form of repetition. Exactly. For something to be comfortable and easy to do requires habits. Habits are formed through repetition. They say success is habit. So success requires doing something over and over until we achieve it. But more importantly, our beliefs, you know, the things that are really core to our decisions and all of our drives are formed through repetition. They're formed through all the messages that we have received since we were young. So everything about us, our entire essence and being revolves around repetition. But more importantly, um, repetition is important because it's the it's quintessential to all learning. Even if I gave people um, another memory technique, they still need to use repetition to not only remember it, but to apply it with new information. For example, if I if you use an acronym to remember a list of items, that acronym is not going to burn in your brain the second you create it. You have to repeat it, it a few times, recall it a few times, and then it'll start to getting green in your head. So repetition repetition is really the mother of all memory and learning techniques. I remember when, you know, back school days and, you know, high school, college, everything, I used to write out flashcards. I mean, well, Mm -hmm. one, learning it by writing the flashcards, and two, I would just, you know, wham, 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 wham with those flashcards. So as soon as I saw it on the paper, I wouldn't even have to read the question. I knew what the answer was. I was done. So repetition, repetition oh. is really the mother of Sorry, that's my fault. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going. <Hey>. Rep- <laughs> repetition, mama. No. Hey, that's a great example of repetition. <laughs> Listen to it again, darling. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and I want to add something to what you just said, Gina, about the flashcards. 
because people think of repetition as a road variety, like verbally repeating information over and over. And that's one form of repetition. But I want people to understand that repetition comes in many forms. It could be writing information down, like you had said, mm -hmm. just writing it down helps you remember it. Then reviewing it, what, what you've written is a form of repetition as well. And then using other memory techniques, like the one I talked about, visualization, or another one I hope to talk about, which is retrieval, is a form of repetition. If what you're learning requires you to do something, then acting on the information is repetition. And teaching the information to someone else is a form of repetition. Yes. So all of that is repetition. And the more that we apply, the more of that we do, the more of the, the more easily that information gets ingrained into our mind and different parts of our brains. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> All right. So now you did say that. So that's the uh, most important principle. And you said other techniques. Well, okay. Do a couple more different techniques. And actually, um, give an example of an acronym so people will understand what you're just talking about, like the one you used in the book. Are yes. you one, Mom? Yeah, but it's not a nice one. Oh, we're not going to use mamas. Will you? Oh, yeah. Oh, will it be funny? Can we use it as like uh, a... Beautiful, intelligent, talented, creative, and hot. Beautiful, intelligent, talented... Oh, bitch. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so... I didn't say it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> It's okay to say that word, right? We don't need to be sensitive. <laughs> Trust me. There we go. That's, yeah. no, we're yeah. We're good. Yeah. So, <laughs> so for the listeners who didn't understand, so an acronym is simply a word where each letter in the word stands for an item that you want to remember. So SCUBA would be a great acronym because SCUBA stands for Sub Submersible Underwater Breathing Apparatus. And so it helps you remember five items just by remembering one word. And I think the example that Mama D used was beautiful, intelligent. Talented, creative, and hot. Talented, creative, and hot. So because I used to, you know, when as a mom, you know, my kids would go to school and the boys would come home and go, they got into a fight. And why? Because so-and-so called you a bitch. I said, so tell them you're very, your mom says, yes, she is. And she's very proud of it. I'm beautiful. I'm intelligent. You know, talented, creative, creative and, hot. and hot. Hello. <laughs> It'd be like, my boy still want to think about me as a hot mom. So I was like, no. Yeah. <laughs> and what's, and what's really cool is like, I haven't really heard this, um, these five words used too much, but because we presented an acronym, I can recall what those five words are. Beautiful, right. intelligent, talented, creative, and hot. And I remember that's another one from high school. Yeah. Yeah. Adidas. I I got something I can't say. Not even on table. <laughs> well, how about Adidas? Adidas. Mm -hmm. I, I remember this one from high school. Okay. Uh, share that with us. I don't think I've heard that one. <laughs> All day I dream about sex. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't share that with us. You remember that one? See? Yeah. People forget that, but that's like, you know, when you talk about acronyms, it's certain things that just like, Rrr. but yeah. it's not supposed to remind you of anything except the sneakers or the clothing wear. Yeah. Well, when I was when I was growing up, it was just sneakers. Okay. Wow. <laughs> so I thought that was only in my school, but that was quite uh, national and even international. Yep. Adidas is probably going. We should have changed the name. <laughs> yeah, probably. So speaking of another, another technique, I will present a technique that is considered to be one of the most effective memory aids, 
And studies show not only is it more effective than any other memory aid, but it's more effective than multiple memory rate. And that technique is called retrieval. <clears throat> and retrieval is simply um, recalling information that you have read, heard, or watched from memory instead of rereading, rehearing, or rewatching it again. For example, after reading a chapter in a book, you close the book and try to recall as much of what you read uh, from memory as opposed to going back to the book or looking at your notes. Or after a show like this, um, you try to recall as much of the discussions that we talked about and the important takeaways that you want to apply in your life. Now, the reason retrieval is so powerful is because the challenge of memory is not with putting information into your brain. This is actually quite easy and natural for your brain to do. The real challenge is in getting it out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I can illustrate with a few examples, and I hope I you lost my library card. Yeah. <laughs> and I hope I'm going to pick the right person for the question. <laughs> so, Mama D. <laughs> yes, dear. Have you ever asked somebody to repeat themselves, and as soon as they did, it all came back? Yes. They didn't even have to finish yes. what they were saying before mm -hmm. you're like, oh, yeah, I remember that. Yes. Okay, great. Gina, you <laughs> like books. Have you ever read a book that you thought you hadn't, but once you start reading it, you start to realize, you know what? I actually have read this book before. Yeah. Yes. You have, I, right? Yeah, because I have two of one book that I didn't realize. And I had one downstairs, one upstairs, and I'm going, huh. And it was brand new. Like, you know. Yeah. Just, you know, when you when I read a book, I really crack it out, you know, and because um, I hate having to hold the pages down. So I'm always bending the binder and everything, you know, I really do. This one was like brand new. I'm like, oh, I haven't read this. How did I read this and not mangle this book <laughs> or quotes yeah. or underline or highlight or anything like that? Or, you know, yeah. or pull pieces of paper in the corner. But but yeah. Yeah. But I yeah. just had it. I was like, eh, you know. I must not have read this. Yeah, and then as you started reading, you're like, oh, I know what's going to happen next or what's going to come up next or what's going to be discussed. So both these examples illustrate that memories could be in our head but seem like they're lost and forgotten. And the reason they seem like they're lost and forgotten is because we can't get them out when we want them out. And retrieval helps us get information out. By practicing retrieval <clears throat> on a regular basis, we we exercise that muscle of taking information out. And what's really interesting is that we've been so conditioned, especially in school, to put information into our head, but we've never been taught to actually practice taking information out. And the more, and if you want to develop the ability to recall information, you actually have to practice taking it out. So this goes back to the example with your flashcards. In a way, you were applying retrieval because although you took notes and then you reviewed it, um, the actual, you know, guessing what the answer was going to be is a form of retrieval. And so you're actually practicing getting information out. And the more we do this, the better our memory of just about anything is going to be. Yeah. And this is why it's considered one of the best memory aids. That also works where, where I work. I Not work now, but worked still-ish. Anyway, um, I work at a convenience store. So I've been doing the same job for 16 plus years. Yeah, I have have some of my customers, I've watched them grow up and some of them I've watched them get married, but wow. I will know what they, what they come in to buy. Like for biggest thing that I have to deal with is cigarettes or lottery tickets. I'll know what they want before that because I remember 
something about them will click or I'll forget their name until they tell me, you know, it's like, uh, I'm here for Mr. Jones. He wants his cigarettes. It's like, well, that doesn't do me any good. It's a red pack. Oh, okay. Then, and then I'll remember, you know, I'll sort of put things together to remember what pack of cigarettes this person, but. Yeah. Oh my God. That's so funny. As I, when I was young, like uh, 13, 14, 15, I worked at a fruit stand and I'll tell you that was hard work. Because it was a family of really hard workers. I mean, we got their butt crack at dawn, left, you know, late at night, make sure everything is stocked. But I'll tell you, I was in the best shape of my life ever. Because <laughs> all that fruit and vegetables yeah. and throwing the things up. But our customers, um, Angel, my friend Angel and myself, we would work Sundays by ourselves. And it was, we were the only two women that they ever allowed to do that, too, because they were very, you know sexist family <laughs> we proved ourselves over and above you know well over and above you know me and my height and my my muscles i could set everything up and angel just had a mind like a whip and she was part of the family so she grew up with it so she knew what she was doing but there was a guy who would come in we'd open the door and there he was standing there every sunday an old guy big cigar huge thing was like this big round hanging out of his mouth and he always wanted a pound of peppers and you try to say a pound of peppers with a cigar <laughs> <laughs> his name wasn't Pookie I'm like you want what I don't know what I what now I don't understand I don't want you know, take it out you know what I want a pound of peppers. Well, well now I can hear you <laughs> so, I'm surprised he didn't spit that out half the time <laughs> I'm telling you but he, no, they don't want to waste their cigars. Trust me. Yeah, yeah Bob. I Bob, he talks his cigars. Yeah, right down to the very end. You know, little teeny little nubbits. Nice, nice. Yeah, no, well, not bad. Yeah, so we have all these memories in our head, but see, but if you try to like directly recall it, it might seem like we're not able to do it or that we've forgotten it. But as you can see, um, memories could be there and just come out. Um, that required different triggers. And for you, the trigger was a story that Mama D told. Right. And for Mama D, that trigger was what I was talking about when it came to retrieval. So it's kind of fascinating that, that although we might think we forgot something, if we put a little bit of effort, we'll probably be able to recall it in far greater detail um, than we might think. Yeah. Okay. Comment in the chat room, Chrissy. I love how calm and at peace Cam is, especially between the two of us. He's, he's like very calm and chill. Yeah. He'll be nuts by the end of the show. <laughs> no, he's very nice. We're going to have to become calm and peace. <laughs> okay, I've got one. What role does your sense of sight have on memory? Yeah, so we kind of touched on this. Uh, as I had mentioned, for humans, our dominant sense of sight. And so our sense of sight plays a huge role in our memory. In fact, it is said that 50% of the brain's processing power, our brain's processing power is used to process visual information. And we have... Uh-oh. Whoa. He cut himself. He him. <laughs> he was, see, you said he was calm, and I said he is for now. We'll make him crazy. But initial, we made him... He's just like, I'm leaving. So give him a few minutes to get back in. Chrissy, that is your fault. No, but as I was thinking, <laughs> here he is. He's back. I don't know what happened. Hi. I kicked out. All right. So we're good, right? Because <laughs> 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 I said we'd make you crazy by the end of the show. It was Chrissy's fault. <laughs> <laughs> 
actually, this is the best part about sh live shows like that is these hiccups mm -hmm. happening. As long as they get fixed and here I am back, so everything's good. So as I was saying, <clears throat> um, we have a 50% retention accuracy of the information that we see versus mm -hmm. information that we read or hear, which only has a retention accuracy of 20%. And that goes back to visualization. So if we want to remember information, it helps to be able to see it. And many people are probably questioning, well, how can I see information I've read or how can I see information I've heard? Well, it's visualization. And if we can visualize information, we really up our ability to retain that information and in far greater detail. And I can give some examples of how this might look if you guys would like. Yeah. Yes, yeah. So I'll start with some uh, simple examples. So let's say I wanted to remember uh, a new ATM pin, say 8859. So I could just picture those numbers, 8859, in my head. Or I could imagine a keypad with those numbers lighting up, the 8 lighting up first, and then the 8 again, and then 5, and then 9. Or I could see myself keying in those numbers, 8859. Or even better, I could picture, I can do all three to add a little bit of repetition. Or let's say, Gina, you're giving me driving directions to your house and you say, go down Guadalupe Street for five blocks and take a left on Lake Street and then drive down three blocks and at the roundabout, hang a right. So instead of just trying to memorize the words, I would actually visualize myself driving down Guadalupe for five blocks and then seeing a street sign at the corner that says Lake, and then see myself turn left, and then go down another three blocks where I actually visualize that roundabout you talked about and where I hang a right. And this is really effective because when I'm driving, these images are going to come up and guide me and give me the directions I need. So once I go down the street, I'll be able to, uh, once I see Lake Street, it'll like be this trigger in my mind, like this is where you need to take left. <clears throat> so this is why our visualization and our sense of sight is really important. But these are just simple examples. We can use visualization for just about anything. If somebody gives us instructions, we can actually visualize ourselves going through those instructions. If we're reading a book and let's say The Great Gatsby, and we want to remember the details, maybe for class or just for our own benefit, we can visualize the story and the scenery and the characters as they're described, like really creating detailed images of it. And we'll be able to remember those um, the story much better and much longer if we spend a little bit of time of creating the images based on the words, the images that are gonna, based on the words that the author is describing. True, that's true. Although, you know, I, I liked when I was reading your book because you brought this up, you know, it's like you were saying, all right, there's a lot of information coming at you pretty much. So I'm summing this up in my own words, obviously. All right. So you got a lot of information coming at you. You already probably forgot half of it, Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, you know, re reviewing and whatnot, but it was like the same thing. You would do this, like all these different little techniques, you would kind of say, okay, you know, you just had this little tidbit at the end to just bring you back to, you know, yes, you're going to have to review this. You, you know, yeah. you know, it's like you're not different than anybody else. Everybody's going to go through this and, you know, yeah. maybe reread this. But when you were saying about the directions and I, what I remember about reading was the lions and the rabbits. Oh, yes. 
because I like the lion and the rabbit thing. So lion to left and a rabbit to right. So if you're going down five blocks, you know, so you can go on left, you know, you got five lions. Uh, uh, yeah. And it's so you'll like, see five lions at the intersection. So you know to go down five blocks and the lions means left. So you'll take a left. Yeah. And then going down three blocks and hang a right. So you'll see three rabbits at the intersection but to signify the three blocks and hang a right. Yeah. And that's yeah. another way of adding visual cues to, to the information we're learning. Yeah. So if you people are like me, just think of the lions and the rabbits. <laughs> <laughs> I like the lions and the rabbits. I'm sorry. It's just too bad that it's not. Yeah. Boxes so, you, so you like that analogy. I'm glad. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, sometimes I wonder if it, it's a bit too complex to the techniques I'm doing, but it seems like you like it, so I'm going to keep it. Yeah. And what else I like, honestly, people, is um, all right, we are talking about his book called Memory. Right? And, and you can see all the books are scrolling across the bottom there. So he's got a lot of them. Okay. And um, actually, they're all here. I don't know if you can see them. He's probably got some behind him. But these, yeah. are, these are a bunch of his books. And um, so we are talking about Memory. And I already forgot what I was going to say about it. Oh, <laughs> see, see what happens. Um, anything. Anything. Yeah, anything. But but he's very to the point. You know, it's not there's not a lot of fluff in there. You know, like a lot of these books I have behind me in here. A lot of books I have to read for shows, and a lot of it is just, mm -hmm. you know. That when you say you know you're, you're you're losing these things as you're reading them, when you have all this fluff, you're not going to pay attention, right. you know. So you really start losing it. But where you are is example after example, a technique after technique, and it's very matter of fact and it's very right to the point, and they're all doable. Everything is doable, you know. And even the the little book that you can get with the book memory, you know, that you can download. And, and you just briefly, you know, kind of touched on your other books and about like speed reading. And you had a little excerpt on speed reading and in seconds, <laughs> seconds, I'm not even kidding. And I could be speed reading and I had no idea that that technique even existed. I was shocked, thrilled beyond words going, oh, my God, this is going to save me so much time because I have to read a book a week or whatever, or two books sometimes, you know, and sometimes they're 400 pages and sometimes they're a hundred pages, you know, but that right there, just that one little thing. And then that, that's why I was talking to you yesterday. I said, you know yeah. what? I need all your books. <laughs> this brain needs help. Yeah. <laughs> and you're the man to do it. Um, cause, cause what I've just learned so far thus far of the memory book, the additional, um, what was the name of it? The, uh, to triple your your reading memory mm -hmm. and concentration in like in 30, 30 minutes. minutes. All right. True. It's true. Okay. So just those two, I was just like, I need, I need more. I, I absolutely need more. So um, you guys go there. All right. <laughs> At www.mindlily.com backslash. You got to do the backslash. You can see um, the books that he has there. And Cam also has a Facebook page. So go find him on Facebook. Yeah, I've got my Facebook page. And those books will be on mindlily.com forward slash books. And you'll see all my books there. And I really appreciate you saying all of these things because when I write, I really strive to make my content very simple and accessible because I feel like the people who could really use this information aren't the type to go out and read books or they have a challenge 
extracting information from books because they, it can get, yeah, uh, it can get uh, pretty difficult and complex and we can get lost in all the stories and stuff. Yeah. And actually I spent, yeah. And actually I spent maybe two to three times more than the average author in writing my content just to make it um, that accessible. Cause it takes a lot of work to be able to write in a way where, cause I'm taking complex ideas, like complex things of the way the mind works and, and how it operates. And I'm trying to distill it in a way where it just is common sense and intuitive. It's almost like, oh yeah, of course that's, that's what, what we need. That's, that's the thing we need. A lot of people write books because because the way they think. So they think up here, but they don't realize that a lot of us think down here. Yes. So what you do is you write your books. You you might think up here, but you write the books with us in mind, your average reader, and you say, hello, let's explain yeah. it down here. And Mama D will understand. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and well, school school people, I mean, anyone going to college, high school students, any any age, I mean, these techniques will help you with learning everything, you yeah. know, and retaining and the retrieval is especially important. And um, tips, techniques and, and whatnot are all in the book. And they are very simple. Sharon, a fox is not eating the rabbits. They play. <laughs> <laughs> If it's a chocolate bunny, he might. <laughs> All right. I'll give it to the chocolate bunny. But um, let's see. Uh, we already kind of talked about. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, let's talk about osmosis. All right. <laughs> yeah. So ever since we were kids, and I'm starting to realize that the same jokes percolated throughout schools and states and even countries so when i was younger there's always this joke about like learning through osmosis you know if i just sit in a class or if i put my head down on the book i'll be able to absorb that information and i just want to let people know that osmosis does not work <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, right. and there's a reason why because as humans we've kind of especially in the modern culture and the industrialized culture especially in the u.s and Canada, we've kind of become accustomed to living our lives passively. We listen to a lecture. We sit behind a desk listening to a teacher at home. We sit in front of a TV watching a show. Uh, we go on a roller coaster to experience a thrill. And if we want to experience something real, we put on our virtual reality glasses. And so uh, all of these things are great. Uh, pa being passive is great for experiencing something. But for actually learning and memory, it really helps to be active. So we can hear information, but it's really uh, important to, to do something where we're active with information. So instead of just reading, instead of just passively reading, listening, or watching something, we want to take that step to be a little bit more active. And there's different ways to be active. Something simple is like what you mentioned earlier, Gina, is taking notes. That's a form of being active because it helps connect information from your hand directly to the brain. Um, talking about information that you're learning or concepts that you want to apply is another way of, of being active. And also taking action and teaching the material. These are all forms where you're actually engaging with information and not just sitting passively. And I'll tell you why being active is really, really important because memories are stored 
not just in like one specific area or region of the brain. Um, they're actually stored all over the brain, in the amygdala, temporal regions, and even throughout our body via muscle memory and even our vocal cords, like uh, through our talking about it. And, and if we take information and passively, the information gets recorded in only one part of the brain. But when we become active, it starts getting recorded in other parts of the brain. And the more parts of the brain and body the information can be recorded, the more ways we can access it, and the easier our memory of it will be, or easier our recall of it will be. That's kind of like for me to remember, especially books, because for uh, I have no idea. Some books, uh, first five minutes, and I'll be yawning and fall asleep. But yeah. for me to remember something that I want to really read and, and sort of get it to sink in, I have to have the book and have the audio. So both at the yeah. same time, so I can still follow along the words, but listen, it sort of sinks into my head better and stays yeah. there a little bit longer. I like I like his voice, you know, because yeah. I'll remember his we'll voice. Books. <laughs> You know, yeah, exactly. it's calming, it's peaceful, mm -hmm. you know, so, you know, next time when I read, because I just got two more of your books, and I have not read them yet, but I will, and uh, this weekend, but I'm going to think of it in your voice, nice. and I, oh. I think it's going yeah, that's true. to help, you know, but that's really interesting. Another, another thing, though, too, I know, and I've noticed, and I think you did mention it in your book, too, that if you're driving somewhere, if you're a passenger, you're not going to remember. Like, I've lived in Pennsylvania for two yeah. years. <laughs> I still need a GPS to find my way home from some of the stores and things around here. I can't find my way out of a paper bag. I, I, need, I need GPS. Yeah. Right. But if I'm a passenger, I really won't remember or know where the hell we're going. Yeah. But if I yeah. drive it, I'll remember it more likely to remember it still saying that not going to because i can i know i can rely on a gps you know but if that thing goes out oh god yeah. <laughs> but at least you will pull over and ask somebody for directions i yeah. would i would and then i would think of rabbits and lions <laughs> <laughs> but i'd have to say okay now tell me what the landmark is you know before the roundabout you know is there a white picket fence in front of a house is there the you know i need yeah. visual yeah, and I think that's a really great example, Gina, of the difference between passive and active is driving as a driver, uh, riding as a driver or a passenger. Because when you're a passenger, you're going through the same roads and the same directions and taking in the same stuff, but you're just doing it passively. But when you're a driver, you're a little bit more active. You're steering, you're turning, and you're doing thinking about where you're going to turn. And that being active makes all the difference in our ability to retain and recall that information later. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, let's see. I, well, geez, that was my next question. How, <laughs> how important is it to be active with material? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, let's see. How does getting out of our head help us remember more? Yeah, so this is another concept related to being active and passive, is being in our heads and being out of our heads. So a lot of times especially studious people and especially in like left brain scientific realms tend to be really into in their head. They're really good at thinking about problems. Um, they can read a lot of text and all of that, but they're doing it all in their head. They don't actually go out and apply the material. They don't actually um, go out and, and use that material. 
So you could still be active and be in your head because if you're taking your notes, taking notes, you're still uh, all that information's through your head. And a great example or analogy would be when I was learning French in high school. And yeah, I when I was learning French, I was memorizing the words, the grammar, the diction, and everything, but I never practiced out loud. I did it in my head. In my head, it sounded perfect. Like I had the perfect accent and I could say it so well. But then anytime I was called on to to speak it, it came out terrible, just terrible. <laughs> and it was because I was in my head. I was, uh, I did the whole memory and understanding just in my head. I never like got it out of my head. And so it's really important to not only just be active with the material, but also get out of your head because that's what's gonna ingrain it into your muscle memory and vocal cords and other parts of your physiology to be able to actually use and apply it. And you have to be going to go with the French and English because as you all can see, I'm English, but in yeah. my family, because I'm from Quebec, in my family, we spoke French. When my brother and I were little, we didn't speak French. And we just like wasn't, but we had to learn it, certain trigger words, because this way we knew where our parents hit our gifts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's like Mama D is always fun about the gifts, gotta be chocolate. <laughs> but but for me as well, I mean, I I learned I learned French in school, but it's a different way of learning than actually using it. For exactly. me, at work when I started work, they hired me. They hired me because I could translate from French to English, which was pretty easy. But the more you use it, the 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 better you get. Like I said, sometimes <laughs> sometimes I get to the point where I get home after talking. French for 95% of my day, I get home and I'll try to say something to English and I'll be like, okay, translate, let's go, where'd it go? Forget the English word because I'm still using it so much. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And this is a good analogy. I'm sure we've all learned language when we're in school, but we can't speak a lick of it because we learned it in our heads and not necessarily yeah. getting it out of our heads. Yeah, exactly. And you were so she, learned, she learned how to speak Japanese in like over a year through an app on the phone and something a good one though you know like you had to pay for yeah. it and whatnot but she's brilliant anyway so she could she's your mama's daughter uh, <laughs> well with language she's not me and not language not like that i don't pick up on it like that and uh she just blows me out of the water um but yeah because she was going that was her whirlwind trip one of her whirlwind trips but she uh, she actually got proposed to in at the um, yeah oh. forbidden city um so that was really nice but she she was the translator for the whole thing i'm just like well you know what i got this you know, <laughs> you can do it and go like this. exactly and no and then we'll say no what you want to the person and they can speak into it and yeah but you know what it doesn't do the exact like i will post things on facebook in french because i have a lot of people who follow me or that are my clients my customers and they're french and a lot of my friends are french so i will do a google translate because if i type it in french it looks like franglais half french half english so i do the google translate it oh my god google translate sometimes can massacre the word so you need to kind of sort of get the basic but there's apps. I mean, there are apps that you can get. You know, it's still, it's still not okay because there's French from Paris, there's French from Quebec, then wow. there's the farmers. Okay. <laughs> and, and it's a whole other. It's a whole other breed of French. Yeah. 
we just want to know where the sanitario is, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Donde esta la sanitario? <laughs> Don't you watch Encino Man? <laughs> <laughs> Who was that with? Uh, that was like the Paul Brandon Fraser, right? And Brandon Fraser, yeah. They viewed yeah. Brandon Fraser. <laughs> funny, funny, funny movie. Well, this was because of repetition. When when Bob had his apartment, I gave him that movie, and uh, and the direct TV that he had had at the time wouldn't kept going out. So we had to, if we wanted to watch anything, that movie. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it was like repetition, repetition. No wheezing the juice, <laughs> but the things that you know that that stay stay with you is, is hilarious. But I, before I forget, though, I wanted to ask you, like in your in your bio that I read, and it said that when you were young, you know, and you had such a tremendous difficulty focusing, sitting still, keeping your mind on thoughts and whatnot. Now, how old were you when you got over this? How did you get over this? Um, is that what the turning point was that you got into doing, you know, did you know you were going to be in this direction, writing, yeah. teaching? Yeah, so that's a very interesting question. Um, my issues with an unquiet mind go far back as, as far back as I can remember from a very young age. In fact, for um, since I've started having memories, which I actually was a long time. And I actually had no idea I was going to be an author and talk about these topics. And a lot of times people who write and talk about a specific topic, they get into it because they needed it. So I had a very unquiet mind since I was very young. You know, my thoughts were racing out of control. My emotions were cycling very intensely. And I was like changing states very constantly. In fact, I, that doesn't even do justice to what it felt like. The best way to explain it was that I felt like I was going to spontaneously combust, but the tragedy of the tragedy of it was I never did. Now imagine like growing up to that, and that's what it felt like. And when you're young, you know, hyper, out of control, erratic behavior is almost expected. Yeah. And so well, now they medicate the poor kids. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's like it's not seen as something that's wrong, that it's almost an expectation that we kids go through. And the other expectation is that as you grow up, you'll grow out of it. But for me, I didn't, as I was getting older, <laughs> I love Mama D's reaction. For me, it, it, I wasn't growing out of it. In fact, it was getting worse. So by the time I graduate, graduated college, it, this issue was really in the, front fro in the forefront of my life. It affected every area of my life, my relationships, my ability to be liked at work, my job, and my my friendships as well. And um, essentially, I kind of just destroyed all my interactions because of the way I was. And so I got on a path of a healing journey to figure out what it was and to get some healing around it. And I thought it was going to be a very quick fix, maybe, you know, mm -hmm. listening to some tapes or doing some exercises. But it actually has been this journey I've been on for over the last 15 years. And it's what's taken me, because, you know, my bio, I say I've been to nearly 100 countries around the world. And it was in my search for healing that got me there. You know, uh, some of the things I did in my journey, which you said in the bio, I've worked with shamans in the jungles of Colombia, spiritual healers in Brazil. Um, 
other healers in Africa as well as in Asia, those weren't easy experiences. And getting out there wasn't easy as well. And being out there kind of in a way alone and on my own for so long, it was very, very challenging and difficult. And a lot of times I was alone. But that kind of describes the pain I was in and uh, the issue I had to get over it. And it's really only recently that it's all kind of come full circle where I'm here and you guys saying, wow, Cam is calm and what and 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 relaxed. And you don't understand how much pride I take that with when I hear that because it took a lot of effort to get to this point. And a lot of my books is a distillation of what I've learned on this journey, which is why it's very different from what you might be hearing others talk, other talk, other authors talk about on this topic, because you know I really had to dive deep into the mind and the human condition to understand what was going on with me internally and how to get to this point where I can come off a little bit more calm and relaxed than I was back in the day. All right, out of all those things, going to the shaman, shaman, you know, I want a book on that. Yeah, I know, right? Um, but being with the shaman, being with, um, you know, the spiritual healers and all that. Yeah, yeah. What What would you say was your favorite? Like, maybe what would you want to revisit? <laughs> I don't want to revisit that part of my life. None of it. <laughs> no, I mean, I think my favorite was that. I got to go on a journey where I traveled to 100 countries around the world, met people that I would never have met, interacted with cultures that I had no idea existed, and saw a way of life that people lived that would that was completely outside my reality. You know, when you're in a specific culture, you don't realize there's another way of living or being or thinking. It's like a fish in water. A fish doesn't know it's wet. It doesn't know that there's like another medium like air. And so when when you grow up in a particular culture, like in the US or another country, you think this is just the way life is. This is how people act and react. And yes, Sharon, Cam's journey new book. Everyone keeps telling me to write that book. You should. Yeah. Said, said because that. you'd be amazed how many people will connect to that. That yeah. is for, for most of us, that yeah. would be step one. Learning because yeah. I'm going through this. Nobody else has been through this. Let me read Cam's book on his journey. And hey, damn, he's you know he's been there, done that. Let me get the next book. So it's to me, it would be like the stepping stone to make people bounce into the rest of the books. Yeah, yeah I just, because thank you guys for that permission. I'm going to go ahead. told that that um you know you're not putting enough you know personality into your books. And what yeah. was it saying to you? I'm like <laughs> all that stuff in in the books about learning about these techniques, but a book just about that. Yeah, that's, journey. That's a journey. Yeah. That's yeah. a different story because that's interesting. And especially going to all those places, who who gets to do that? Yeah. You know, yeah. not everybody <laughs> gets to do that, you know, has that luxury to be able to do yeah. that. But your drive to do that, you know, what yeah. drove you to that? What were you learning? Were you continually learning? What what was it that, you know, why did you go from the shamans to the ashrams? You know what I'm thinking of? Just. Yeah. Well, thank you for that permission, and uh, it definitely reinforces the fact that I need to write that book. Yeah. And, and if I, I can rip on that comment and add more, was the great thing about it was because I I would probably never have done a journey like that because I would have probably been too scared. But because I didn't really have much options in life, I did. 
And, you know, my journey wasn't like visiting tourist destinations, which I did my fair share of, but it was really diving deep into cultures and places. You and know, now, I hiked the, you know, yeah. Yeah, like I hiked the glacial ice sheets of, oh. ice sheets of Greenland. I've hiked over a dozen active volcanoes, the largest mountain range in Africa. I've camped in the oldest rainforest in Malaysia, um, Timanagara, and just met some really amazing people and and where, really uh, you go isolated on, cultures. Where did you go in Finland? You said you went to Finland too. I was in pretty much Helsinki, and there's a town that borders Sweden. Um, or no, it's on it's on the west of it. It's I took a I took a cruise, not a cruise, but a boat from Sweden to to Finland. And there's that border town like Turku or something. I have no idea. Okay, so from there I went to Helsinki. I stayed with somebody who I met in Greenland in Helsinki for a few days or for a week. And then, as you know, Finland's really expensive, so I went out into into the the Baltic states. Estonia, Latvia, and Lithuania. Estonia. So yeah. What did I just say? definitely, definitely gonna have to write that book, Cam. Yeah, yeah. You know, you so, from Estonia. Yeah. So if there was a silver lining in in this journey, it was that travel and uh, a perspective that I probably I don't think any person could ever get from reading books or watching a movie yeah. or or television. No. No, and you know I'm grateful that you did it because um, because all these books um, we're going to talk about concentration concentration. Book concentration next. But what what would you say to like summarize um, memory and why should people get it? Okay, the best thing I can say is what I had said in the start is that as humans we forget eighty percent of what we hear, see, and learn within a few hours of hearing, seeing, and learning it. And majority of us are <clears throat> living our lives on repeat, constantly doing the same things over and over again and making the same mistakes over and over. And it all comes down to the fact that we are forgetting majority of information and forgetting what we've done, forgetting what we've committed to, and forgetting the steps that we need to take to get to the next level. And this memory book will help each and one of us in all these areas. And we've only... Um, touched on a few of the techniques, but there's a lot more techniques and a lot more examples that can perk up people's memories very simply and very easily without a lot of effort. And so they can remember to do more in life and actually get those things done. Totally, totally, yeah. totally. I mean, it's so worth getting. And yeah. um, and I have like the PDF and, and I kind of was saying I, I wish I had the hard copy. I think I'm going to end up ordering the hard copy just because you're going to want to go back. You're going to want to reread it. You're going to want to read it several times for the repetition, yep. <laughs> for the learning factor. Yep. Uh, and just the techniques because you know, what you're thinking one day is not what you're going to be thinking the next day or the next exactly. day or the next day. And what you need to do to further, you know, Thank I'm going to put it in my text speech writer reader. Yeah. So yeah. I'm going to read it and listen to it all at the same time. Exactly. You don't have the same voice. You just have some crazy, crazy British lady. <laughs> but better than the other guy. He has audio books as well. There are audio books. 
Yeah. Yep. Yeah. On Amazon, you can get audio if you have um, on, you know, the audio. Yeah. They're all there on Audible. So I didn't record. I didn't narrate it, so it won't be my oh. voice. But oh, I did try to pick a narrator whose voice is pleasant. So. Yeah. You should have definitely done. You should have done your own. Yeah, yeah. I think I will uh, with the next iteration. In the beginning, I just wanted to get it out there because I didn't want to spend too much time. It could be a, a form of creative avoidance, um, mm -hmm. spending too much time trying to make something perfect to get it out when a professional narrator can do it in a fraction of the time. Right, right, right. That's yeah. true. It's not an easy thing to 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 do audio. I've tried, and it's like I can't read for beans. <laughs> <laughs> you have, you have behind you the, the concentration book. That's the yellow one, right? No, yeah, I'm, yeah. Uh, that's uh, actually I'll grab this book. Speed reading is, is the yellow one. Red one. Uh oh, sorry. No, it's okay. <laughs> Knocking things down. Thanks, Jake. <laughs> My fault. <laughs> uh -huh. So, speed reading is a yellow one. The concentration is the red one. And concentration is the red one. Right. And in concentration, the last chapter, uh, I really kind of go talk a little bit more about my story of why I wrote this book and why um, uh, I went as as depth as I did into it. Yeah. Yeah. What is on your shirt? It says, I... I'm a rock star. Oh, damn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you're on with us. Definitely a rock star, yeah. dude. So concentration is my 10th book. And I actually went and saw a book coach for that. I sent it to a book coach and he's like, Cam, this book is great, but there's only one thing. You didn't show up in it. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, There's, you're not in there. I'm like, I'm never in my books. <laughs> I focus really on the techniques and, and the reader. And he really tried to encourage me to put myself more in there. So the last chapter, like it was after I'd already written the book, so I couldn't really integrate into the other areas. So the last chapter, I just kind of really told my journey. And, and I talk about what it was like growing up and why I started doing this and what I've done to get to this point and it's quite a lot of stuff in there that people can get more did i get that pdf i can send you that pdf <laughs> yeah yeah i want all of them yeah. <laughs> I, got, I got two to read this weekend and um yeah. so i've got that would mean four that means i need goal setting concentration speed reading uh and yeah self-talk your way into success those will be the ones i need next all right, so. I'll keep that in mind. I've written it down. Hang on. If, if I can remember it. <laughs> I, got the, I got the memory. I need the concentration. Speed uh, reading is supposed to help me not fall asleep. On that, on that, yes. triple, your, triple your reading memory and concentration, 30 minutes. Okay. Read that. It's right at the beginning. It, it's unbelievable. The technique is so simple. It is so yeah. simple. It's yeah. beyond. I have to admit, I didn't get to read your book, Cam, yeah. because I do three shows. So Gina sent it to me last week, and I was like, Ugh! so yeah. I tried. I tried. I did try. But I All will right. get to them, I promise. Okay. All right. What I will say to encourage you is that it's a very quick read. It takes mm -hmm. us in half an hour. And there are some fantastic techniques, especially for speed reading, that many have found to double or triple their reading speed in a matter of seconds. Okay. And you remember? And 
and, it's and we don't want to we don't want to tease our audience by saying hey we should read this book <laughs> this is so, so that's a book that they can actually get for free if they go to mindlily.com forward slash free it's called triple your reading in 30 minutes triple your reading memory and concentration in 30 minutes very quick read but some of my best techniques and ideas in there uh it's not that one <laughs> It's the um, Mind Lily. It's it's say it again. MindLily.com and then forward slash free F R E E. Yeah, I can. I'm not gonna type this now. Um, but yeah, but it is. It's it's the free book. And honest to God, it is the easiest technique ever. And I I don't think I'll ever read the same ever again. And the retention is so much more too. And you're going through it so much faster. It's it's. It boggles the mind that when you're not actually focusing on words, that you speak <laughs> words, you know, exactly you're looking at something different, and you in there's these these words just you know are going into your head so fast, so yeah. fast, so fast, and everybody is capable of doing this. So yeah, it's it's amazing. But yeah. now let's let's um. So you get the memory book. You can get while well, you get the memory book. You can get that free book, and um, those are the two where everybody should start. I think it's yeah. a good beginning. It's a very good beginning. But now let's move on to concentration. Okay. So now why do you believe concentration is the most important skill anyone can develop? Yeah. So to both claim, I personally believe that, well, before I say that, you know, every few years a new self-help expert, guru, mm -hmm. or coach comes out claiming to have the secrets to success, achievement, achievement, and happiness. They'll say that you need to have certain habits or be able to master your emotions or have skills like assertiveness or or something else. Now, I don't believe that that's the most any of these are important. I think the most important skill we can develop is concentration. And that's because without concentration, we can't do anything else. We can't read a book, listen mm -hmm. to a conversation, pay attention to a uh, a lecture, or even follow our train of thought from one to the next. Concentration is important for decision-making, evaluating options, solving problems, and even, you know, driving safely and um, making sure Doing that we're shows like this? Yes, exactly. Because there's so much going on, you need to focus, you need to concentrate on the person speaking. So, yeah. Exactly. And that leads to another reason why concentration is important. It's for relationships. Because if you can't pay attention to interactions, they can only go so far. And mm -hmm. even the skills that other experts say are, are key to success, like assertiveness, mastering emotions, having habits, they require concentration to develop. Yeah. So concentration is a big deal. And it's a bigger deal than most people can imagine. In fact, it's bigger than even that. It's it's a skill that matters more than any other skill, and it's a skill that's key to developing any other skill. Because when you think about it, life, majority of the things that we do in life isn't that hard. Reading a book is not difficult per se, or even the steps that we need to start a business is not difficult. But what makes it difficult is all the stuff that's going on internally that pull our focus and attention in different directions, and then we have to battle with it. That's what makes it difficult. And if we didn't have any of that, then we can be a lot more focused and get the things that we need done. So that's why I think it's the most important skill. Gonna uh, need that book. <laughs> and then, well, then that turns right into mind mapping. So you know what I mean? So then there's like a whole nother thing. So you're yeah. going from the other to the other. 
Um, Mama, you got the next one? Yep. What makes concentration so challenging? Yeah, so here's the, the catch-22. Concentration is the most important skill, but it's not always the easiest to develop. And there's three main reasons, hopefully you guys can see my fingers, three reasons why concentration is so difficult. One is that we have a lot of activity inside our minds and bodies. We have all sorts of thoughts running in and out. We have mental images flashing back and forth via daydreams and fantasies and mental movies that are playing. And then we also have a host of emotions and sensations that are constantly flowing and coursing through us. And all of this activity competes with the outside world for our attention. So we might be in a conversation, but our thoughts might be on uh, planning a weekend. Or we might be in a lecture, but our mind is playing mental movies of maybe hanging out with friends or a show that we watch. Or we might be trying to do like a give a speech, but we are frozen in our emotions, you know, mm -hmm. in fear or paralyzed and all that. Mm -hmm. So because of this activity, concentration is challenging. Another reason it's challenging is that the way that our mind is wired, the way it um, is built is that every time that we hear or have a thought or idea, it triggers a whole host of other thoughts and ideas. Yeah. And that will trigger a whole host of other thoughts and ideas. So, you know, when I hear when you hear the word concentration, for some of the listeners, that might trigger a thought that, wow, I have bad concentration. And that would trigger memories of times when they had challenge concentrating and when a teacher um, or a parent yelled at them. And then that would trigger memories of other times they were yelled at. So just hearing the word concentration, their mind has gone into all these directions. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I want to make a bold claim. Like file cabinet. Yeah. I always have too many file cabinet drawers open. Exactly. I'm going to make a bold claim. There are people listening to us right now who aren't paying attention to what we're saying because their mind is still on what we were talking about earlier. So this is what's going on. So this is the second reason why concentration is so difficult. Focus. The third reason is that um, you know concentration is like sedating a wild animal or taming a wild beast. And the reason I use that analogy is because our unconscious mind, it actually comes from the wild. It evolved over hundreds of millions of years in the wild. Whereas our human mind, the conscious mind, the thinking brain, has been around for only a few hundred thousand years. So more or less, concentration is a battle. It's a battle between where your unconscious is designed and built to put attention and where you would like to put attention in the moment. Yeah. And yeah, multiply. And so one of the fallacies is that many of us think that our conscious human mind has more control and influence over us, but that's not the reality. The reality is our older and more primitive parts have much more control and influence. That's why it can be sometimes like a tug of war or a battle to get ourselves to focus on something when we're being pulled in a very different direction. Yeah, I need something to distract me when, you know, trying to go to sleep at night just yeah. example i need television on and i need it on something mundane something i'm not going to get into you know there's something i already know about maybe the science channel or something you know uh, ancient aliens i don't know something, <laughs> something that i can fall asleep to but otherwise my brain just doesn't stop it doesn't shut off it won't yeah. take me i can't solve all the world's problems every night i would <laughs> whereas mine is the complete opposite 
As soon as my head hits the pillow, I close my eyes, three deep breaths, and I'm gone. No. Nobody yeah. likes you, Mama D. I just want you to know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> uh, what did yeah. I say before? Uh, you're not cool. <laughs> I know I'm boring. Gonna say you're, not, you're not beautiful, yeah. intelligent, talented, creative. <laughs> <laughs> Get out of here. Yeah. yeah, what I would give to have that skill to ability to just like sleep and put my head down on the pillow and just sleep. Oh, I could never, I can't, I can't. Yeah. But I'm a heavy sleeper. See, a lot of people remember their dreams and things like that. I'm a heavy sleeper. Example, when I was a kid, we used to sleep every summer. We slept in tents. We had a 15-man tent and there was five of us. Our family slept on cots and sleeping bags. This was This was us. There was a humongous, humongous storm. The tent came crashing down. Everybody's out of the tent doing what they got to do. Where's me? Asleep in my corner. Sound asleep. They had to wake me up. They was like, get up. And it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. I go camping. I'm in a camper. I, I slept in a tent one time when I was a kid. I woke up. There were earwigs in there in the tent. And I freaked out. And I could never, I can't go in a tent ever, never again. Nope. Nope. Oh, really? Oh. That's for life. That's it. Done. No, but, tent but, is one of the one of the great experiences of being a human is to go out into nature and, I'll and go out spend nature. overnight in a tent. I'll go out the but nature. not with Mama D because he's not going to be at all helpful. I even slept through somebody breaking into my house once, which is really not a good thing to do. But my, daughter, my, daughter do that. my other daughter, not the brilliant one that I was talking about before. This is the other brilliant one. But she joined the army and now she's in the air force. But she could sleep through bombings. Oh like, my gosh. She can sleep through my girl. Whatever. Because <laughs> she was well, she was born and raised next to a big huge speaker. So I always had music and sound around her. So she could if she wanted to sleep, she'd have to sleep through all that. So but she does. And uh and the other one no. She's more oh, like you know, Gina. but is there is there a difference between men and women with memories? So I can get rid of that comment. <laughs> <laughs> no, I saw that comment. I figured we'd get to it, so which is why I didn't jump yeah. on it right away. You know, in my study and in my research I haven't come across <laughs> too much uh, that talked about differences between men and women in their memories and uh, really in mental abilities at all. A lot of it really does come down to social conditioning. And so we can have as good of a memory independent of our sex and disposition and whatnot. It's just a matter of using the right techniques and applying them on a consistent basis. Now, is there a difference if you're not using memory techniques or understand um, how the mind works and how it stores information. I suspect there might be just because of the the roles that we play in our day-to-day -day life. But I think if we are intentional and understand what's going on internally in our brains and how our brain takes in and processes information, we can remember just as well whether it doesn't matter who we are and where we come from. Well, a lot of people now, now Dave says multitasking comes easy for him and he's doing it right now. Um, a lot of men can't multitask. And they <laughs> understand the fact that most women, and I, I would say you know, 99% of women can. But that's yeah. there is a left and right side brain thing. We use both sides of our brains and men don't. You know, so there would be, there would be a, a difference somewhere in there. I think yeah. we, we, but I think it also comes down to what we are, have been doing since we were brought up, 
that shapes that. So for men, I think a lot of it has just been like really focused, like goal centric, um, focus on a specific end. And that conditions us to be thinking, you know, one thing at a time, whereas the opposite sex has a, has been conditioned. I don't want to say that it is or not, no, but to do a different role that require that. Yeah. And maybe it's multitasking. You have yeah. to keep one kid from burning himself, stick another one in the bathtub and cook dinner and make sure, you know, the mailman puts the letters in. It's like all this is going on. In your yeah, brain. don't stick the kid in the bathtub. Exactly. <laughs> in the oven and, you know. Yeah. Can, can I try to say a joke about that? So yeah. there's a lot of uh, studies that show how multitasking isn't good. But I suspect all those studies were done by Dumb men <laughs> who don't know how to cook and haven't raised a child on their own. Yeah. Because I recently learned, uh, been teaching myself how to cook. And that is like, you cannot not multitask when you're cooking. You know yeah, what I'm no. saying? Like, mm -mm. you have different dishes on different stoves and you have things in the oven. And it's critical. Like, if you're not paying attention to everything and what time you're going to take it out and what time you stir, you're going to either burn what you're cooking or maybe burn down the kitchen. And so <laughs> now now put that on top of, you know, the kids just came home from school. They want exactly. that dog has to go out. You got they're yelling they have to go to soccer practice in two minutes. And you you know, you got something in the oven that's gonna come out in thirty. Yeah. So, you know, what are you supposed to timers do? Are for? come up with the things like all right, call the neighbor, call you call this, get someone else to give you a ride, go carpool. Yes. You know, I mean you gotta you gotta come up with all the ideas. Look, you're just giving him enough. He's got to learn how to cook. Yeah. <laughs> and then you got to anticipate as well. And I think if more men were put in that situation, I would suspect they would start developing, developing the ability to multitask. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, some, but some are really good at it. Some are really yeah. good. Hi, Stacy. Thanks for joining us. Um, and yeah. But, but but again, we just went on the biggest shiny ball syndrome. <laughs> oh, yeah. Especially when talking about concentration. <laughs> what? <laughs> okay. What yeah. makes concentration so challenging? Hello. Yeah. So I kind of talked about it. Those three reasons why. One yeah. is that we have a lot of internal. We have a lot of activity inside. Um, two is that <clears throat> the way our mind is wired. Hearing or thinking about one thought triggers a whole host of other thoughts. Mm -hmm. And three, concentration is a battle between our conscious mind and our unconscious mind. And this is a really important concept. So if you'd like, I can talk about what our unconscious has evolved or been built to focus on. And it can give people insight as to why they have trouble concentrating. Please, yeah, some place I can go. So there are certain activities that <clears throat> our unconscious has evolved to prioritize over others. And one of them involves anything that is fun. And I don't know if you know, but there's actually a purpose to pleasure or fun. And that is to draw us towards what our mind thinks would be useful or beneficial to us. And so if the mind thinks that something will be helpful, then it'll flood our bodies with like positive sens sensations. So we are pulled towards it. But many of the immediate tasks and goals that we want to do tend not to give us the immediate gratification the mind is seeking. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't release those positive emotions while we're doing it and instead wants to pull us away. Mm -hmm. So that's what makes uh, concentration challenging. Another has to deal with threats. <clears throat> 
you know, we live in a world where threats are everywhere. And although nowadays we live in a civilized society, and for many of us in an industrialized society, we still have a lot of threats. We have threats to our phys we have physical threats, we have social threats, and we also have threats to our resources like food, water, and money. And anytime <clears throat> any of these are at risk, our mind can't help but focus on it until it is resolved. And if our mind didn't evolve to do this, we as a human wouldn't have survived. That kind of covers what we're going through now in the world with the COVID-19. Exactly. We're having to focus, we're having to concentrate. So yeah, that makes a whole lot of sense. Yeah, so we're focused so much on the threat that we can't sometimes think about the other things that we need to be mm -hmm. doing. Yeah. Um, another, re another thing the unconscious has evolved is to do with um, habits. So I mentioned earlier, habits are designed to keep us in a routine or pattern of behavior. And in their efforts, they'll do everything they can to keep us in that routine or behavior. And I had mentioned earlier that um, one of the ways it does that is makes us forget anything that goes against what, what we've been habitually ingrained to do. But it also distracts us from anything that will take us out of that habit and veers our attention towards anything that supports our habit. So our t attention veers towards what's going to enforce something that we have become habituated to. Something more important, and that really everyone is, um, no one's immune to it, is social proof. We humans are pack animals. For much of our existence, we've been roaming the earth in bands of 50, 100, 150. And so we evolved to be accepted by the pack and to do well within the pack. Yep. Otherwise, if we get kicked out, our days are numbered. And so our mind is always on guard. <laughs> our mind is always on guard watching what others are doing. And if a specific behavior or um, activity is seen as popular or can raise our social status, then our mind will help us focus on it and even encourage us to participate in it. But if a certain behavior or activity has a stigma associated with it, or it can potentially um, decrease our status, our mind will pull our attention away from it like it's a plague. We couldn't do it even if it tried. Wow. Yeah, but the more important reason is really comes down to novelty. So I'm going to ask both you, Gina, and Mama D a question. Uh -oh. The same question is, have you ever started something, but then jumped to something else before finishing it? And then jumped to something else before finishing that, and then kind of kept doing that? Yes, dear. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I really, really hate that. I, yeah. I, it's like one of my pet peeves. You know, if I started, because I've been in, I'm a business owner, you know, um, I had a cleaning business. You couldn't stop. You had to get done, right? So you, your mind is not focused on one thing, and you yeah. get it done. You start at the back of the house, you end at the beginning of the house, and you, you're done. You are right, work your way out, right out the door and fast and efficient and I, I dwell on it and I think about it and I do all the things beforehand. I had a construction business, I had a design business, interior design. I, I'm trained to, I will focus on it for weeks before the job comes up. I know step by step by step by step exactly what needs to be done and when. When I have people working underneath me, they, 
whether they're going to listen to me or not, it's up to them. If they want to stay on my job, they're going to listen to me because the electrician is going to come in, then the plumber is going to come in, then this is going to, you know, these things need to be done, and then my cabinets are going in, so you got to better, you know, they're coming in an hour. You better be done. And and I am like that. Gina, you want to come to my house and clean up? Yeah. <laughs> when people start something and don't finish it, it makes me crazy, like fingernails on a chalkboard, crazy. I'm OCD. Okay. I, I, will, I will hurt myself. Sure <laughs> so you start and finish things. It's just that people around you don't, is what you're saying. Yeah, other people don't. You know, mm -hmm. I, I, I really, it is a pet <laughs> of mine, and, and I do, you know, like, again, I hear you, Mama D. <laughs> Thank I, you. I want to read a book. I want to say, you like me. Book, you know, yeah. So, I mean, I, I physically will hurt myself. I won't eat. I, I get upset when I have to go pee. All right, this is how okay. bad I am. Like, Come on, I got stuff to do. You know, let's go here. Yeah. <laughs> my body, like, why are you gonna pee now? <laughs> so we can just mute Gina for right now because yeah, this exactly. next reason doesn't really apply to her. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm but it does apply to most everybody, especially people listening to this right now. So, and <laughs> I will say, I will say. Sorry, one second. I yeah. did mute her. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Fantastic. Oh, don't, don't mute me. Don't mute me. <laughs> going over the radio. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but uh, Mama D, when you did do that, you probably thought it was you, that you probably didn't have strong willpower or there was something mm -hmm. maybe wrong with you if you had, like, negative self-talk in your head. And most of us go through that. But the but the reality of it is that happens not because we didn't have willpower or we don't have the ability to stick with something. <clears throat> it's actually a feature of the mind. Our mind loves the new and the novel. Like, it is always seeking for novel experiences. That's why we like traveling so much, because it puts us in a uh, new, new city, around new people. Mm -hmm. And it's just, like, extremely exhilarating, the feelings that the mind releases when we're learning about something new or doing something new. In fact, there's a psychological term called the novelty effect, because novelty's uh, influence on us is so persuasive there's mm -hmm. a term called the uh, novelty effect. And the novelty effect questions whether new treatments or or situations work to improve a person because the treatment works or it's just because it's new. And studies have shown that often it's simply because it's new, yeah. not mm -hmm. because the treatment actually worked. Oh, yeah. That's how well, I put so many things on my plate. And yeah. and I do prior I do try and prioritize. I actually make to do lists, yeah. and and it's like for me New Year's resolutions. I don't make one. I make ten. Yeah, so if exactly. I at least finish. If I get five done, at least I get fifty percent of my done. Yeah. But you know. But the reason you don't do one is because the feeling of starting another one and another one and another one is much greater than continuing with that one and going deeper with it. So it's more exciting I, to jump to something I, new. I can see what you're saying, and I can definitely totally understand it. But that's why mm -hmm. I will physically hurt myself to make sure it's <laughs> done. Don't physically hurt me before I move on to the next thing. Yeah. You know? See, I'm okay if I work with them. If I'm by myself, I can't. But if yeah. I'm with somebody, then I'm good. Okay. A funny story about this. this All right, tell us your story. Moving, moving here into this house. I've only been here for two years, and I'm pick and choose my projects because I want to get it done. There are two main projects downstairs. There's a floor 
that I have a soft floor on my porch coming in. I know I have to rip that out. I don't know exactly what I'm going to get into when I rip that out. I don't know how much is going to be rotted. I might have to replace all the floor joists. I don't know, right? And there was a little bathroom down there, tiny little thing, you know, and that was really horrible. And I knew I could get a little, a small little vanity, rip the sink off the wall, you know, change the toilet, just change the floor, they had to mess with the baseboards and whatnot to get the vanity in there and stuff. It was like a sink hanging off the wall. and was horrible and broken and old. And uh, and it's like, okay, I can do that floor. I have a weekend. I can do that floor. I can do this bathroom. Now, I know for a fact I can get that bathroom done in the weekend. The wow. floor wasn't so sure about, right? So I chose to do the bathroom. Thank God I did because if I had ripped up my floor, now, <clears throat> my neighbor across the street said, be careful when you go outside when I open the door. And I'm like, why? She goes, there's a skunks went underneath your, your porch, right? Seven <laughs> skunks. There was the mama, right? Six little, oh, six little babies. And, the, and a little ragtag one with a little bent tail. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so I watched them, you know, out my window, all leave, vacate, go out, go down across the yard, go down the hill towards the brook. As soon as they left, I went out there and I just threw all kinds of rocks and everything to the one little place that they were getting in there, under there. But if I had chosen to rip up that floor, yeah, yes. I was sprayed by seven skunks. A lot of tomato, tomato juice. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if there would have been enough tomato juice, I'm telling you, but... <laughs> But that, that's funny, but that was because I knew I could finish the bathroom, and that's why I chose it, you know? So you are really keen on finishing and not just skipping mm -hmm. to another thing. So we're going to have her come to our houses and exactly. do renovations and clean. And yeah. there you, go. Hey, you said you needed that bathroom done, right? Because she could do it in a weekend. <laughs> I can. I need my office reorganized. Yeah, yeah. yeah organization and cleaning. Yeah. You know, that's why I'm a good carpenter because I'm very clean. <laughs> you know, that's that's the difference yeah. between you know, a woman carpenter and a man carpenter. They'll leave all the mess and we'll clean it up, you know. But can I ask you, Gina, do you feel the need to rush to finish what you started so you can start on something else? Yes. Okay. Yeah. But I and will I would... dwell on it. I will dwell on it so I know every step I need to take. And I've done them so many times that, you know what I mean, I know what needs to happen. You know, yeah. and I know exactly what time I would need. You know, it was a small bathroom, so it definitely could be done in a weekend. Yeah. You know, I mean, bigger bathrooms or tiling or whatnot. You know, it takes more time. You know, yeah. but do you get antsy if some if it takes more time? Like you feel like you need it to get done so you can start something else? Yes. Yeah, it's because we get addicted to that feeling of novelty. So I told you the mind will release all these positive emotions. And those feelings feel good. And so it's hard to stick with something else for long periods because we want to go get unconsciously that other hit of that positive emotion that only novelty can bring or only some, doing something new can bring. And this in of itself can be a distraction from keeping us to focus on a specific task or goal for long periods. Hmm. Now, what about like treating yourself like if, if it was like, you know, how we train a dog, you know, and you give them a treat. So if you're, if you're going to do a task that takes longer and like you said, you're going to wait longer to get that 
good positive reinforcement, you know, at the end of the job, which we always sang Dean Martin, by the way, but at the end of the job, <laughs> you know, but in the middle, if, if you have to wait so long, can you give yourself a treat? You know what I mean? And that's what my book, Concentration, Maintain Laser Sharp Focus and Attention for Five Hours or More, will teach you how to do. <laughs> how to train yourself to extend your ability to focus for longer and longer periods so you're not automatically distracted and pulled away to something else that's shiny or something else that's unrelated to what you're focusing on. Yes, you can, and there's a lot of different ways to be able to do that. Awesome, awesome. So I yeah. need that book too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the three books need to be in our bookshelf. Yeah. All, all these books need to be in our bookshelf. Yeah. Uh -oh. yeah, so if I can just summarize, the reason distraction is so so concentration is so difficult. One, again, goes back to we have a lot of activity inside our head that mm -hmm. competes with the outside world. Two, has to do with the fact that um, our thoughts trigger a whole host of other thoughts that make it difficult to stick with one. And three, our unconscious is designed to put our attention on certain activities over others. And some of them include things that are fun, things that we have become habitually ingrained to do, things that are our threat, anything that will raise our social status with our peers, and more importantly, more importantly, novelty. And so if people who are listening to this or watching this have been like, you know, what's wrong with me? Why can't I stick to this? Why do I keep like getting sidetracked? And they think it's because they chose to do it. There should be some reprieve in realizing that it wasn't them that were doing it. It was a part of them and they were built to do it. And so not to feel so bad or hard on themselves when they weren't able to stick with something long enough to see it to the end. And it's just a matter of, as you mentioned, you know, like building and flexing that muscle. And the more we do, the more we'll be able to stick to the things that we need to. You're awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Gina. I've never been on a show that I've learned so much stuff and wanted to put it into practice. <laughs> I know, but the thing. Okay, but Cam gives good homework, so I'm okay with it. Yeah, I do. The show. How much ever we gonna forget about this at the beginning? So people have to watch our show. I don't know why my phone, my my connection here is making this noise, but I hope it's okay. Um, yeah, this this is the reason why people should share the show, should rewatch the show, or listen, listen to the audio links, and um. Yeah, have a piece of chocolate. <laughs> That's what I was saying. Like little treats, little treats. You go. Little, you know. Yeah, I, chocolate. Mean, I need more than one little treat. I need a whole box of chocolate. Never mind one. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, but but, but rereading and revisiting is is um, is like key. And to yeah. you're learning, yeah, learning a lot. And you learn a lot when you read the book. So it's again, when you're done. You skip yep. over. Just read yeah. it again. Just read it again. Just so it gets into your head. Um, let's see. So, all right, well, I mean, the next question on the list here is, is better concentration possible for anyone? And I would say yes, right? I don't think anyone could, you know. Yeah, no, it, it, it is actually. A lot of people kind of give up on focus because, as I mentioned, it can be so difficult. They just don't think that it's possible for them or ever could mm -hmm. be. But I want everyone to understand that um, everyone has the ability to concentrate. Even single-cell organisms have the ability to sense stimuli. 
So we all have that ability. And in fact, we are all concentrating all of the time. You know, when we fall into a deep conversation with a friend, we are concentrating. When we lose ourselves in a hobby, we are concentrating. When we get lost in a movie, we are concentrating. When we can't pull ourselves away from cat videos, we are concentrating. <laughs> and out of my computer. Yeah, exactly. And when we get uh, deep into our head or our thoughts, we're still concentrating. It's just that we're not concentrating on what we want. You know, yeah. we may want to be doing our homework or our work, but it's the cat videos that our mind is on. Yeah. So concentration isn't something that you need to really necessarily learn or develop. It's just you need to just develop the ability to pull it in the direction where you want it in the moment you want it to be at. So we all have the ability to concentrate. It's just a matter of redirecting it and training ourselves to be able to do that. It's true. It's like when I give, it's like when I give readings, if I, if my mind is doing the cat thing, which is quite often, but when I give readings, it focuses. There's, there's that concentration. I know exactly. My mind goes right to what I have to do, you know? And once, once the reading is over and done with, then the cat thing comes back again. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So, uh, if anybody has had the experiences I just mentioned or what Mama D mentioned, then they already have good concentration. Again, and it just comes down to developing the mental strength to keep it where we want it, when we want it, as opposed to our unconscious just running amok and pulling it in all sorts of directions. Right. But while you're doing something and you start getting distracted, I mean, just have, make a note. You know, write it down so you won't forget because that's half the battle. It's like, oh, my God, I'm going to forget to do this. So, you know, I I used to have notes. I would write notes on my hand all the time. So I always had, like, my shopping list or or something else would come up. You know, I I would have notes all over my hand on my arm because I lose the paper. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. I was constantly had writing on my hand. But, I mean, that's a good good technique, don't you think, on uh, trying to stay focused on what you're doing when you – brains that's telling you something else yeah there's actually that's actually a fantastic technique and i can go into a little bit of detail of why that is is because as i had mentioned we have a lot of activity in our heads we have thoughts running in and out images flashing back and forth and we have emotions coursing through us and all that activity isn't there for the sake of being there it's actually there to help guide our decisions and actions day to day and so a lot of times a, a thought that comes up it's actually there to help us to remind us of something we need to do or should be doing. So we might be driving to the dry cleaner and a thought pop up saying, hey, don't forget to stop at the hardware store before it closes. Or we might be in a conversation like this and we get a twinge of fear saying, hey, you left something in the oven now. So so throughout our day, we have a lot of tasks and activities that we need to be doing. And our mind and body will remind us about them. And But the problem is when these things come up, they usually come up in moments when we're doing something else. So they can't be distracting. Yeah. So if we are intentional about writing things down, especially as they come up, then the mind realizes, okay, this person has written it down. Now I don't have to worry about constantly sending them reminders and twinges of fears because they know what needs to get done. Because a lot of the things our mind is doing is trying to just like guide our day 
with reminders. And if it knows that you know what needs to get done, it's not going to distract you with all those stuff. Yes, exactly. So you can just mm. back to when you have task at hand, get it done. Get it done, <laughs> yes. Get my shit together. <laughs> write down all the other, highly, uh, write down all the other things that, that distract you and go on. So what other technique um, could be like a simple one that everyone could benefit from? Yeah. Yes. So again, I said concentration isn't easy, but there's one technique that I find is extremely useful and it's extremely effective and it's called self-talk. And for those who don't know what self-talk is, self-talk are merely statements that you say and repeat to yourself, Mamadi, of the changes <laughs> that of the changes that you want to have or have mm-hmm. happened in life. Mm-hmm. For example, if I wanted to be more confident, I would repeat statements like, I'm a strong, confident computer communicator. Or if I wanted to improve my memory, I would repeat statements like, I have an excellent memory. I remember everything I choose. Now, repeating such statements may not seem like it will do all that much, but it's huge. It's yeah. huge. I used to put yeah. Post-it notes on my mirror. Oh, so um, in the mirror, because us girls when I wake up, we don't you don't have to worry about that. But we may make up. So like putting it on, you see all the post-it notes around your mirror. Exactly. I am awesome. I have you know, did that. It helps. It does. And, 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 positive and, affirmations. Exactly. And the reason positive affirmations work so well is because over time, if you repeat statements like "I am a strong, competent communicator." those messages seep into your mind and they actually rewire your mind to act out what the statements describe. So if you repeat, I'm a strong, confident communicator, you actually start becoming more confident. If you repeat, I have an excellent memory, your memory actually improves. And if you repeat statements related to concentration, like I have strong power of concentration, I can focus on anything I choose, over time, your concentration starts to improve and you naturally are able to pay attention to more and more things without having to put any extra effort or force to be able to focus because the mind has changed. You're just naturally um, radiating that statement. And people don't realize just how powerful words are. And, And I want them to understand that majority of their challenges, is that me? I don't know that's making that noise. I don't, I don't, I hope, I'm just hoping that that is transmitting okay. Okay. Yeah. And um, I lost my train of thought. I'm going to go right back in. Yeah. So, um, majority of the challenges that we have, we are experiencing in life actually came from the words, (laughs) distractions, words that were spoken by our parents saying that we couldn't sit still by our teachers, saying that we weren't smart enough by our peers um, and bullies making fun of us or our boss yelling at us. And those words seeped into our mind and created the limitations that we have. And how, and no one has ever, as growing up as a kid, we've always been told us about how we don't have concentration and we can't sit still. And those words, what created our beliefs, which is acting out poor concentration. And now if words can make us go in a negative direction, they can pull us out of a posit- into a positive direction. Mm-hmm. And that requires self-talk, creating a set of statements mm-hmm. of the change that you want to have and repeating those statements regularly over and over until you achieve them. And I think this is the best way to create concentration 
because you're actually going in and changing your unconscious so it's more aligned with your conscious. And when your unconscious desires are aligned with your conscious desires, there's no more battle anymore. You're not trying to like pull it in one direction and the unconscious in another. It gets together. And I've actually written a set of statements that I give to people. So if you'd like, I can um, share it with your audience right now. Yes, please. Okay, so uh, here it goes. I have strong power of concentration. I easily focus on any task or activity I choose. My mind is alert and attentive. I pay attention. It is easy to pay attention. I enjoy paying attention. I am in control of my thoughts, decisions, and actions. I am free from mental clutter and distractions. I easily and naturally ignore distractions. You know, so I am the last one doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, for the audience, go back to this, write these statements down, and right. repeat each one 10 times every day. You can do it in the morning or evening or during the day. And very shortly, you'll find that you're just a lot more attentive without having to struggle or put force and, and all of that. My husband's going to dislike you very much because those are going to go on post-it notes all over the bathroom mirror again. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thank you for that. I mean, I think that's awesome. Uh, Sharon says she's going to make her kids do this. That's good. That's it, good. The younger, the better. Yeah. And it's the best technique for kids because some of the other techniques requires a little bit of self-control and um, awareness to do. With this one, if all, if all they do is repeat it 10 times a day, they'll start to become more focused. And in fact, uh, self-talk uh, um, statements like this is exactly what I would have my nieces do, and it definitely helped them. There was a video on Facebook where this father was getting his daughter dressed, and every morning she would repeat it, I am the greatest. I can do whatever I want. She went through like five, five or six different affirmations. And she was like four or five years old. And yeah. she was getting really into it. And you could just see the light shine. So, yeah, you know, kids can do it. Okay, that means I guess I can do it. Yeah. <laughs> Don't you wish our parents had us do it too? Because then mm -hmm. that way. <laughs> your, your perception becomes your reality. Yeah. And, and if I may share... Uh, uh, an example of this. So I've had my three nieces do this, like repeat statements on a regular basis. And all three of them got into the top school in Chicago. Top, nice. Uh, yeah, elementary school. And it works. You know, I had them repeat, I'm smart and successful and things of that nature. Yep. And especially at a young age, I mean, the, the unconscious just absorbs everything like well, a sponge. Exactly, exactly. And then even still, like... Um, the, the studies are with the flashcards. You know, you show on the baby yeah. just because they can't communicate verbally yet doesn't yes. mean the brain is not working. The flashcards, they will know if you have a bee bottle and a picture of the bottle. They'll point, they'll tell you, you know, they know what these are, and then they'll do the word, you know, not just the, the bottle, not the picture of the bottle, but the yeah. word bottle will be written or a bee, you know, and, and you show the flashcards to the babies. And the next thing you know, they're they're communicating with you. Just, I mean, yes, like that. Yes. Their brains are sponges. That's when they learn the most. The young yes. people are, you know, um, Alzheimer's hasn't set in yet. <laughs> <laughs> I, can, can I just can I reiterate that, Gina? Because that's huge. We don't give babies enough credit because they can't talk, but 
they can absorb a lot and they are very observant of what's going around mm-hmm. and they're just taking it in and they can't even stop it. It's just going in. So right. if we can be more intentional with what they're receiving, they can do extremely well uh, from the onset. Exactly. Totally. Totally, totally, totally. So any, anybody that has, you know, babies now, I'm always giving them flashcards. <laughs> I sent my daughter flashcards for my grandson. You know, um, I just, I, I definitely love flashcards. I, I think they're... You know, you're going to have to make me a sentence. <laughs> I had a 4.0 average in accounting school because of flashcards. Wow. That's okay. Smarty pants. Smarty pants, Dean. Okay. <laughs> We don't have a whole lot of time left. We only got about like five minutes. But there's a question in the chat room from Dave. Unconscious, subconscious. What's the difference? Ooh, okay. That's a very good question. Because I talk about the unconscious and subconscious so much, I just assume I know what it is, that everybody knows what it is. But the um, unconscious part of the mind is a mind that we are not aware of. There's all sorts of processing and decisions and activities that are going on that are just outside of our awareness. We're just, we just don't know what's happening at the unconscious level. The conscious is everything that we're aware of. So right now I am talking to both Mama D and Gina, and I'm aware of what I'm saying, the words that are coming out. In fact, I'm consciously choosing those words. And so that's a conscious part of the mind. <clears throat> and so my, so conscious intention would be intention that I choose to to have. So if I want to do homework or work on something, that's something I consciously am wanting to do. But then unconsciously, my mind will pull me away to something else uh, because it has its own intention. And I'm not aware of it. You know, I, I kind of describe all the different things about novelty and social. It's being run by those drivers, and I'm not aware of it. So it's un, I'm, I'm unaware and it's unconscious to me. A perfect analogy would be <clears throat> to think about your entire like digestive system and your other organs, like your heart is beating, your stomach is digesting food, it's taking it through your intestines and absorbing the nutrients from it. You're not thinking about doing any of that. But okay. there is a mental process that is thinking about doing all of that. And that process is our unconscious mind because we're unaware of it. Does that help? I think so. I yeah. think so. I think so. Dave, what do you think? Because it was your question, but I think you nailed it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so, yeah, we do. We have five minutes left. Um, so, okay, sum up the concentration book, because then I want to ask a few questions on the speed reading book. All right, sure. So, as I mentioned, again, in the beginning, concentration is the most important skill we can develop, because without concentration, we can't do anything else. And a lot of the challenges that we experience as humans is not because of the difficulties of that's coming from the outside world. All of those difficulties are stemming from inside. Mm-hmm. Our unconscious pulling us in different directions, having different drives and needs. And this book goes really deep into that. You really get to understand what's going on underneath your conscious mind and all the mechanisms and processes that are actually making your decisions and, and actions without you realizing it. And once you understand what's going on, you are in more control to be able to focus and pay attention to the things you want and go in the direction where your conscious desires are. There you go. Cam is brilliant. Yeah, <laughs> he is. He is. And he's well-spoken, And uh, apparently, you know. Um, 
No. Thank you very much. I really appreciate that. Of course. Uh, all these books that you've written, um, you know, and, and again, they're scrolling across the bottom of the screen for those who are watching. Um, for those who are listening, there's a list of them. Um, just go to mindlily.com slash um, backslash and, and check them out. Um, but speed reading. All right. Why? Wh how did you come up with the idea? You know, like, why did you want to read a, write about speed reading? Why did you want to learn about speed reading? What is speed reading? Okay. So I'll answer that quickly because I know we don't have a lot of time. So speed reading is more or less the ability to read more words in a shorter period. So it's just like whether it's a book, a report, or other piece of text, it's being able to capture what is in that text in a shorter period of time. And the reason it's so important is that right now we live in the information age. There's so much information that is being generated, and we need the ability to process, understand, remember, and apply it. And majority of that information is coming via text, via words. So in order, in order for us to be able to uh, integrate that information, it helps to be able to read faster. And <clears throat> the reason I, I came up with this technique is because I just, a lot of the other techniques, especially just a lot of the techniques, whether it relates to speed reading or even memory and concentration, I just found it ineffective for me. It was very complex, it was very convoluted, and it took a lot of time to actually to use and, 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 and get benefit from. And I created this one technique that you talked about that you so much loved, Gina, earlier, and it's called space reading. And it's a technique that has, that many people have come back to me to tell me that it has tripled or doubled the reading speed in a matter of seconds. Second. And Gina confirms it as she's nodding her head. And it's done it for me and it's done it for a lot of people. And before I talk about what that technique is, I want to talk about um, why it works so well. And so the listeners, um, if I can have you look away from your computers and just look in the room that you're in, the environment you're in, and just look around and notice everything that you see. If you're in your bedroom, you'll probably see your bed, pillow, blanket, and clothes laying around. If you're in an office, you might see items on your desk, such as a notebook, paper, um, computer, and all of that. Or if you're, if you're elsewhere, just notice what's on the wall. And also notice how quickly your eyes and mind process that. You know, you, you turn your direction, you turn your view in one direction, and your mind just takes it all in. It isn't going, oh, well, that object over there, it has four legs and a flat top, so it must be a table. And the object next to it has four legs and a flat top, but with a backrest, so it's a chair. So, okay, so all of that happens instant instantaneously. So I thought to myself, why is reading text any different? Uh, why can't we do that with words? And the thing is, we can. It's just that we weren't taught to. Growing up, we were taught to form um, combine letters to form syllables and then to combine syllables to form words. But we were never taught to take the next step to take in um, phrases and sentences at a time. And we can do that with this technique called space reading. And the way to do that is instead of looking at the words, we look at the spaces in between the words. And many are probably thinking, how could that be? How could looking at spaces help me read faster and comprehend more? And the reason it can is because our eyes operate on two modes. 
One is the narrow mode, narrow focus mode, and the other is a wide mode. The wide mode is like when we look out into the distance in the scenery and we see everything. The narrow focus mode is where we can only see one thing at a time. When we look at words on, on a page, um, by looking at a word, it narrows your focus on that word. So you can't pay attention or pick up anything outside of the word. And so we have to go from word to word to be able to read. But if we look at the spaces, our mind's focus doesn't narrow in, and we can capture words both to the left and right. And it's done instantaneously. And all we have to do is skip from one space to the next. And our mind will just grab the words and process it, and we'll understand it. hope that was a really good description. Uh, ooh, he got it. You, you got it in there, too. You got it in there for the, the radio show is actually ended. I'm going to let it kind of go. I don't know if it will record anymore. I don't think so. But I'm just going to let that go. But, yeah, the, the space thing is amazing. And, you know, it takes a little getting used to it because people want to just, you know, focus on the words. Don't. Look at the space in between. I'm, I'm doing it now with the chat room. You can do it with what's going across the bottom of the screen. You know, don't look at the words. Look at the space between, you know, go yeah. my not every single space too after you get every single space go two spaces go you know yeah. group the words and group the words and group the words and then you know you can get it bigger and bigger and bigger but man it it really works and you won't believe and you remember it more it's really yeah. it's so strange it was just like i read your book the the memory book and then i read that i wish i had done it the reverse. The reverse way, yeah. <laughs> you know, because then I, I think I would have gotten through the other one even even faster. I might have retained a little bit more, um, but I'm going to reread it anyway. You know, yeah. and now but, you can read it faster. And exactly. if I can just add to what you're saying is the trick is to look at spaces between every three to four words, because right. your mind will capture what's to the left and right of every space. So you don't have to look at every space. Just skip every three to sp uh, uh, look at spaces every three to four words. And you'll just be able to literally inhale information. And as I said, all it is of this technique is just a shift. You're shifting from looking at words to spaces. And in a matter of seconds, you're just tripling or doubling your reading speed. And like you mentioned, the tendency is to look at words. And it's only because we've been habituated to doing that. Mm -hmm. But if you can uh, break that habit, then uh, looking at spaces is natural. And you can just like over time, just go down looking at space that the, the middle space of a sentence and capture everything if you train yourself. Right, yeah, practice, practice, practice. Like you said, yeah. repeating things, practice things, that's that's one thing. But then yeah. another thing that people were taught, you know, like if you, and especially if you're losing it, you know, and you're really tired and you're, you know, you say you're reading a 400 page book and you're on 350 and it's like, all right, I got 50 pages, I want to, want to get through this. And you start drifting, you yes. know, then you'll start reading aloud. <laughs> Yes. And you still, and then that's going to take longer and you're just going to retain less. You really will, you know, just to keep yourself um, awake and stimulated. Yeah. This yeah. Is, and I'm going to have to click off this over here. So um, bear with me for one second. Okay. And that, and that. In, in the chat room, Sharon says, it's like the same thing. If things are written backwards and upside down, I can look at the whole paragraph and know it. Um, More or yeah, less. Yeah, a lot of those things too, where they write things funny, yeah. you know, and it's like, and you can, if you can read this sentence, then, you know. And you're amazing. Yeah, yeah. but I mean, yeah. everybody, yeah. everybody, yeah. 
And, and Mama D, can I ask you, and you can be pretty honest, like you don't have to Always say it just because you're on the show. How did it work for you? Because you said you were doing it just now. I, no, I liked it. I liked it because I, I, like you said, you focusing on the spaces because I was taught that I have to get every word. Yeah. And I, and it irritates me when I'm reading and I, I know I missed that word. I got to go back and read it again. But here I'm putting Sharon's, uh, what an awesome show. And I'm at, I'm at the, the semicolons or the, the exclamation points. Can I even speak? La, la. And I'm focusing on the space there, but I can see thanks Cam can't wait. And for your new travel book, yeah. you know, yeah. So yeah. I'm focusing on the space and it's simple. It's and simple. It is. So yeah. I'm reading. Okay, so here's the order of the books that we read: speed reading <laughs> first, reading first, then concentration, then memory. We read memory. backwards so that Mama D can get it all <laughs> in there. Yeah, yeah, right. and you know the that technique I actually offered for free in that free book. That's triple your reading, memory, and concentration. So just go to mindlily.com forward slash free, and the first page I teach you how to use that technique visually. So. It's kind of hard to describe it, you know, verbally here live, but when you're actually looking at the tasks and, and I show you how to hop from one space to another, it's like, okay, then you know exactly how to do it and how it works. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 it's, it's so... I never do things in order. Come on. Have you seen yeah. my bedroom? Yeah, but, but if I can, like, uh, talk about this technique one more uh, say one more thing about it what's really cool about it is that the the reading and processing happen simultaneously so when we're reading we look at a word and then we have to process what it says but when we just look at the space magically like not only do we see it but it's processed simultaneously mm -hmm. just like when we look at our room and notice all the stuff in our environment Yep. <laughs> Where have you been all my life? <laughs> See, we learn as children, we learn to read the words so that we can understand the words. We can learn to read. But once we hit, I'll say grade, uh, once we hit high school, go for the spaces, people. Go for the spaces, people, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, this, this will benefit everybody's kids going mm -hmm. to school, us that are still wanting to learn, you know, that don't want to just you know, hang it on, put a head on the hook, we're done, you know, because we're not, um, <laughs> you know, never stop learning. But this is just, this is something that I do think should start at a very young age. And if people will, oh, just grow exponentially. Well, yes. I have I have a niece so who is, is I think, she's, I can't remember what grade she's in. Let's see how good memory is. She's a peanut. I love her dearly. But these, I like the affirmation things. I'm going to be giving those to my sister and be write them down, you know. Pop them up yeah. in my Facebook chat. Yeah. And if somebody's having difficulty applying the reading technique I just gave, they can create an affirmation around it. You know, I, I'm a fast reader. I understand. Um, I, I comprehend everything I read. And I scroll through spaces instead of words. And that'll ingrain them in habit so they start using that technique. That's a, it's amazing, but it, yeah. it's just, I mean, it's that fast. Everybody yeah. can do it. It's that fast that you mm -hmm. learn it. And I'm shocked I didn't know this a long time ago. I mean, I talked about, I've wanted to do speed reading for, I know. And I've yeah. said, I said, I want to get someone that does speed reading, you know, on here. And as a matter of fact, there was one, I think she's coming up on a later date that does speed reading too. But I think she does like the memory palace type things, you know, 
Um, <laughs> Don't get me started on that. <laughs> I mean, that's very confusing. And if anybody knows about that or doesn't know about that, look it up because it can get very confusing and it's mm -hmm. a lot more work. This is simple. Yeah, and this is what because like, for me, I have this thing. I have the instant gratification disease. I want things now, yeah. okay, and I have that. It, it, I'm all over the place. So for me to understand <laughs> what you're saying, and for it to actually focus and sink in, going, hey. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> now you guys see the beauty of my techniques because yeah. I'm not the first person to write a book on concentration or speed reading. No, but it's the way even memory. the way you talk about it. It's not yeah. like I said. It's not up here. Yeah. You know, people are like give you these big convoluted ways to do things and yada yada, but yeah. you're just like simple. Hello, right there, yeah. people. There's no, there's no. You and don't I have to go out to the grocery store and buy enough to make a cake. You got mm. all the ingredients in house. Yeah, and I majority of the techniques in my books, they don't give you the technique. They say yeah. if they get to the technique, yes. they're gonna get to the technique and never do. Oh yeah. my god, I get so livid when I read these books. And there's so much of that. There's like stories of the people's yeah. life and the struggles they had and how now they're here and they can do whatever. And then like, so where how is the technique? Because if you have trouble focusing, you can't get through all of that. That's why you know, your you're book, that you're, the, the author, the people told you to put your, the, you're not in there. What's good is that you've given the, the, the learning part. And then at the end, you put yourself in there. Yeah. So once they've learned anything, then they're going to go to the end and go, this is the guy. And it makes sense. Yeah. So that's the, that's the key. And uh, I think I was going to say something, but it has slipped my mind. And yeah. You were talking about your technique, <laughs> and that's why your books are so so well. Um, yeah. Uh, what's the word? Um, accepted. Uh, well organized. Yeah. Received. Received. Well received. Well received. Yeah. No, because seriously, I, I do. I hate, I, I'm just like, I'm trying to understand why, why Sharon wrote, I eat sheep. <laughs> what is with the sheep? I don't know. <laughs> I, don't know. I think I it's, know. I think that you're uh, going like this, but. Oh, it's, oh, 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 but, oh. It's uh, a fox, right? Yeah. Fox. Fox. Everything Gina is fox. Gina is foxes and I'm butterflies. Ah, okay. Nice. Yes. Yes. Yeah, so you're the fox and the butterfly. <laughs> Yeah, I have a picture up there, and again, I had the other computer on. Sharon, I had the computer working, and I had to kill it right before yeah. crash. Yeah, so yeah, now I remember. So a lot of the techniques in my books, you actually won't find them elsewhere because I developed them, and I developed them for people like us because we just need something that works that's yeah. not going to take a lot of effort to to learn and that we can just start applying right away. And those are the only things I actually write about. And so there are a lot of memory techniques and and a lot of memory authors, especially memory champions, who talk about memory palaces and stuff like that. But, you know, I found that stuff, especially back then when I had that unquiet mind, just like unusable, like just unusable. Yeah. See, so, that, would, that would distract me, too, because I, I, I have my filing cabinets are always open. Exactly. You know? So. Yeah, and every filing cabinet that's open, it triggers a, a whole host of others to open. And then, yeah, yeah everything is open. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. Like my daughter, the genius, the one that learned the, the Japanese, she could do the memory palace. Memory palace, yeah. But you have to be like her. You know what I mean? And it's like, she's, We're not like she's the, the minority, not the majority. Yeah. So the majority of the people need this as yeah. opposed to that, you know? 
Yeah. And uh, if I may, uh, I would like to talk more about this and maybe live settings, maybe in schools and stuff, because I'm just starting to, to talk about it outside of books. If anybody listening would like me or know somebody who could have me speak um, someplace, I would love to bring this information to them because I think it's very valuable. It would be awesome in schools, awesome in schools. Yeah. I know that they're doing a lot of the online. I mean, everyone has to do online schooling right now. And I bet it would be easy to bring you in. And um, yeah, this, I think would so. help. this would help all yeah. the parents at home, too, that have to, you know, sit down and have to brush up on all their skills, too, to learn what their kids are learning now because right. they have to be more involved, you know. And it's not like when we went to school. <laughs> you know, they're learning. Yeah, exactly. Things. So My kids can read cursive writing nowadays. So, yeah, so it'll help us and them. You know what I mean? It would help the parents and the children. So, I, yeah, I mean, if anybody knows of anybody, you know, please, you know, let me know, let Mama know, let Cam know. We'll let yeah. Cam know, you know. Okay, and be careful who you find on Facebook as Cam Knight because some of them are not the real Cam Knight. <laughs> <laughs> the real Cam Knight is right here. But you can email me at uh, Cam Knight. K-A-M-K-N-I-G-H-T at mindlily.com. Okay. I will send you my email address there, Angel Model Radio. You send me all the books that I need. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Smart man. Done and done. You know, Gina, yesterday when we were doing the setup, she asked for two books, and I sent it to her right after yeah. our call. So yeah. send me an email, and do you remember my email? I have I'll, go, I'll go to mindlily.com and <laughs> yeah, and you can go to the contact form of mindlily.com and get it from there. I'll put my email and go, it's me, Mama D. <laughs> and she'll go, you see it? Speaking of it's me, Mama D, I'm sure you've talked about this quite a bit on because it's your show, but where did that name come from? I really, really like that. Oh, Mama D? Yeah, I love it. Um, when I first started uh, my healing work and my oracle readings, my card interpretations, my s spiritual side, I didn't want my family and bosses to know because I didn't know how they thought, how they would feel about it. Because this right. small town, yada, da, small minds, blah, blah. So I needed something that was me, but not me. And my husband's from the States. He's from Philly. And his mother and his grandmother were always... Mama, Mama Francis, Mama Sally, Ma. they didn't have grandma. They had mama. And I was like, it just kind of fits. It works with me. So Mama D, it's still, my first name is Darlene, so just Mama D. And, oh, nice. and everybody talks to me like I am a mom. I am, but you know, they're mom. <laughs> you know? and, and I was like, it just fit perfectly. Nice, so, nice. I am Gina B in the place to be Pete Fox, the paranormal princess. Gina B, I like that. Things. Yeah. She's Foxy G. Get deal with it, child. Foxy G. That's even yeah. better. <laughs> you should go with Foxy G and Mama D. That would be cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I am, I am the parafox. I mean, because it's in the, yeah, the yeah. that's the thing in the in the paranormal field. So that's what I'm known for. Is you know that's why I have on my name right there is G. Got it. Got G it. P Fox. You know, but the P is para. You know, but Mama's the only one that calls me Foxy G. Yeah, it's my name for her, and don't mess with it. <laughs> <laughs> and I love it. I love it. You know, people call me. People call me all kinds of things. <laughs> as long as you know, always, always yeah. remembered, right? I'm the only one who tells her she's beautiful, talented, creative, intelligent, and hot. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> Otherwise, you know. Otherwise, you know. 
Yeah, we should have actually given that uh, acronym as a test to our audience to see if they could remember. <laughs> okay. Well, you know what? We're still we are still live on Facebook. So anybody who remembers what that means? Beautiful, yeah. intelligent, talented, creative, creative and hot. And hot. <laughs> and Zoe fell asleep again, Gina. Yeah, Zoe. Zoe's our cat. Your cat loves my voice for some reason. I think it's probably so. It's on again. But your cat is right by you as you're recording, and it doesn't get in the way of the recording. Oh no! Oh, no that's yeah. Sharon in the I chat room. I'm a dog. For, I, you know, oh, I have, okay. I have a little tappy on. It looks like a little fox, but you know, I'm gonna oh, have nice. a fox. <laughs> I will have a real fox one of these days. I will have a real fox. Thinking <laughs> <laughs> foxy, you send it to her. She's like. Yeah. Do you know how, like, uh, many, you know, they say, uh, what is it, clever like a fox or yes. clever like a fox? Is that sly like a fox? Clever sly like a fox. You know, fox are really sly. Can I give a story of when yeah. I was in the savannas of Africa? Ooh, yeah. So I was I was on a game drive, and yeah, as people know, it's a, it's a safari where you get in a jeep and then you just drive around and hoping to see. The wild animals like tigers and lions, not tigers, lions and cheetahs. So finally, we we come up to a mother lion with two babies. Oh. And it was really cool to see the mother lion with two babies. But you could see that the mother lion was really stressed because it had two babies that it was going with. And we realized why it was stressed. It was because there were foxes around her. And what's re what's really interesting is that this is a lion, like the king of the jungle, like the top of the food chain. And these foxes were small, but they were sly because they positioned themselves in three different corners, um, like in front and to the sides. And the lion could easily take out the fox, but it didn't because if the lion went after one fox, the other two would go after the kids. Yeah. Yeah. And so, in a way, the fox had just kind of cornered something like one, like it's fifth smart. or sixth the size of the lion, in a way where the lion couldn't do anything and it was trapped. And I thought it was like, yeah, how clever of that. Foxes are, are some of the most, the oldest of animals on you know on the planet. There, there are so many different types of foxes and breeds of foxes you know like the fennel foxes with the huge long ears yeah they live in the hottest deserts where no other animals can yes, live because yes. their ears you know allow their bodies to cool they'll sweat and whatnot through their oh. ears and then their bodies can stay cool you know arctic foxes and, and there's so many different foxes, foxes where they can live in these harsh harsh environments extreme heat extreme cold you know and they survive in their hearing and their sight and in their ability to work together. And yeah, it's amazing. But that's my spirit guide, you know? Wow. I can still be irritated by a butterfly. Yeah. I love <laughs> butterflies. I love my butterfly. My and own. the thing is, they're tiny. Like, even though they're in different parts of the world, like the desert and the Arctic, they're still small. So they didn't survive based on their size, but, you know, based on other yes it's yes their environment and their brains yep yep yeah yeah we and should have technology. some foxes write books on the mind oh god yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I i i want to write a book but i'm telling you i think your book's already written my book the uh, mind, uh, mind, the mapping, mind mapping yeah is, yeah 
what I wanted to put out there. So that's why I asked you for those books, because that, that is a technique that I was taught as a young age, you know, very young age by my dad. And um, I'm not going to get into kind of any details or anything, but I'm going to read the mm -hmm. books just to make sure that, you know, if I, if I do write my book, that it would be different than what you wrote. And because yeah. uh, I would never <clears throat> plagiarize anybody. Yeah, you can just say thanks to Cam and all. He he, he gave me some. We were had same brainstorm. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Oh, or you can uh, just focus on a specific aspect of mind map, which is where where you really specialize in helping people get over their problems. So I think yeah, yeah. I think it gets the work. Yeah, to organize your life and get over your problems and your situations as opposed. Yeah. to what you were going into. But again, I, I'm dying to read those books, but I didn't want to yeah. organize my life. Yeah. You're organize organize here. <laughs> so I guess mind map is on your list as well, Mama D? No, I'm getting Gina over here. That's how I'm organizing my life. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. Great. Well, She'll read it and then you'll just take advantage. Come hook me up. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's right. That's well, this is why we work so well together. We bounce off each other. We learn from each other. You know, um, I respect her. She respects me. That's wow. sometimes this is a this is a really good way to segue. Uh, a good way to be more creative. Can I talk about it? Yeah. Especially considering we talked about how the mind, how there's so much activity inside of us, and how one thought triggers another thought. Um, we humans were designed to generate ideas through interaction. Because when one person says something, it'll trigger all sorts of thoughts and ideas in the other person's head. When that person responds, it'll trigger and generate all sorts of, sorts of ideas in the first person's head. And when they go back and forth like this, you're just generating a lot of ideas. Mm -hmm. And so this is like a simple solution if you have a creative block or just need some ideas, just talk to somebody and just go back and forth and you can generate a lot of ideas this is the funniest thing laid out my cards <laughs> yeah definitely but uh, but so i was just thinking about this today because i was thinking about the kids that are doing this online school thing but i'm like okay well that's still well and fine maybe they can see each other this way you know what i mean see all the kids or whatever in class but you're not getting that interaction yes. you know like that that camaraderie that that um, talking about uh, what they just learned and all of that. Yeah, it, or just even leaving the classroom and, and a situation comes up and, you know, to work together to, to solve something. Something is not going to click where, where, where friendships should have been formed, businesses, you know, future businesses or whatnot. Yeah. You know, like online stuff is great. However, nothing beats the human interaction and yeah. face to face, you know. Exactly. I love that oh, yeah. over everything. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, you don't know what's really going to come of it, you know. Yeah, and that way too, uh, you know, putting everything in your mind, but not putting putting it into practice. Exactly, like a doctor can go to school until you know they're blue in the face type of thing and learn all the knowledge, but until they actually put it into practice, yes, it doesn't yes. you know, like you did with your French, you knew in yeah. your head you had the words, you had the perfect accent, but when it came tumbling out of your mouth, it was like, oh, what did? <laughs> Right. It was not good at all. It was not pretty. Say something to him in French. No. I understand. It's no. What? Bonjour. Bonjour. Yeah. Ça va? Ça va bien, vous? Ça va bien, bien, bien. Si, 
he's good. You're not, <laughs> you don't have, look, trust me. I've heard people that have accents that are like really nails on the chalk. Bonjour. Okay. <laughs> oh, okay. Got it. There you go. Mercy bucket. But <laughs> Mercy bucket. And that, to me, that's the most important thing is you have to try. Here in Quebec, French is the primary language. English is secondary. But I br I raised my kids that knowing that they had to have both because that's no matter good. where you go in the world, you either have French and or English. Yes. So this is, and French is so close. To, it's got ties with Spanish and Italian and a couple other languages. So, I mean, it's yeah. important. Something that gives you, besides, you get to learn where your parents hide the gifts. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you learn when yeah. it gives you a lot of insight especially in situations where people don't know that you know the language and oh yeah and, and, and you, can, you can catch people you can catch people yeah like example i went to um my husband's american so when we speak we speak english because his french is like nails on a chalkboard love him dearly but nails on a chalkboard um we went into a restaurant and we ordered it and i ordered it in english the ladies behind the counter started talking in French, bad mouthing us because we were English. Oh. They didn't know I spoke yes. English. So I just let them spill away whatever they were doing and brought me back my food. And I turned around and said, Thank you very much. And then I switched into French and I said, Now tell me where your manager is. Oh. <laughs> kind of, so when the manager came out, I explained to him everything that happened. I said, I don't want them fired. But that's not what I'm doing. I want them to learn from their mistake. They never know the people who are in front of them, what they are, what, that we can understand what they're saying. Wow. So what, it doesn't even matter. It doesn't even you know? matter. You shouldn't say stuff like that anyway. Exactly. You know what I mean? So, and it's, you know, so, so like, you know, the next time I went back in there, um, the, the young lady behind the cash, she was like, oh, uh, hello, how are you? <laughs> like, <laughs> she took the effort. She took the initiative to learn a little bit of English. So that she could interact properly. So I mean, so they didn't get fired. No, I would, okay. I would be all pissy mad at the manager if he did that. Yeah, I'm glad you said that. Like, I don't want them to get fired. I just wanted to learn this. You gotta it's learn. A, it's an important lesson. And wow, yeah. I bet like they just felt. Mm -hmm. so they love small. me now. <laughs> <laughs> did you get the meal for free at least, or? No, no. No, mm -hmm. <laughs> that's not how it works out there, huh? Damn. Yeah. Damn. I, I would have insisted on that. But no, I insisted on that. Yeah. And, and I won't say the name of the restaurant, but I was going through the drive-through one time, and I was ordering, uh, I can't remember what it was, but it was something uh, cinnamon Danish. Now Danish and English is Danish. Danish and French is Danois. Yeah. Not that big of a difference. But the silly woman on the phone on the intercom couldn't understand me, and she was like, oh, "I don't understand." So I was like really really red hair was showing like really really bad so i got had my husband pull up because i said forget it i wasn't that polite about it but i just said forget it never mind had my husband pull up i went into the restaurant and the manager of the restaurant was one of my customers that where i work and i said to him i said you know what you live in a small town we have a lot of people who come that are english you should have at least one person in the store that can understand English. And can you tell me what's the difference between Danish and Danois? 
He's like, nothing. I said, good. Could you tell your girl on the speaker that there's there's no difference? It's the same damn thing. And if she ever messes with me like that again, I'll come in here and smack her. putting it down. <laughs> That's right. She can drop it. <laughs> Just, I'm not a redhead for nothing. <laughs> yeah. Don't let the mama and the D fool you. Mama D angel. The angel sometimes gets dropped really fast. <laughs> ah, okay. <laughs> yeah, there's no messing with mama D. None, none, none. Nice, nice. That's why I have her with me. I'm <laughs> security at the door. <laughs> yeah. If I can't if I can't beat you up, I'll make you laugh so hard that you'll be on the floor rolling. That's good. <laughs> I like that. I like that. That's good. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, listen. What time is it? We we went over. We went almost a half it's hour. hour. Yeah, half an hour over. Seven minutes. That over. is quite amazing. I'm happy that my content and my presence was enough for you to want to have me for an extra half hour so it, it, you were you we in the beginning in the beginning of the show you were like this but by the time <laughs> by the time we were finished with you we'd have you crazy and you're just as crazy as us now so there you go you can't beat them join them it's two against one hello yeah yeah you know go two hours and like it flies it flies and we, and we still have people in the chat room loving us so we're good <laughs> wow that's awesome that's so great hey i thank everybody for staying this long and listening to us so really appreciate you all and remember to as a gift get that free book at mindlily.com forward slash free yeah and the love awesome. Yeah, awesome am i doing it right yeah exactly yeah your yeah, guys looks better there you go. That works. Yeah, longer fingers. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, this was fantastic. Like, this is really, yeah. really good. I really hope that you guys got value and enjoyed the conversation. So, yeah. And again, put out there if anybody, um, teachers, schools, people that are, are affiliated with schools, that could benefit from Cam's um, talk, lecture, books, anything. Um, please let him know. Let me know. Let Mama know. We'll, you know, yeah. let him know. All right. Backslash. And I can get online, so that's not really a problem. And I'd love to just speak to anybody who wants to learn and hear more about this stuff. In fact, we only talked for two hours, and I can go even deeper and longer. So I have a lot of content. So you will be back in the Fox Den again. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, hey, I love you. Yeah, if this is an invitation, then for sure we can talk about some no, other. No, it's not an invitation. It's a demand. You will. Okay. You will be. It's wording. Repeat after me. I will be on the Fox Den again. <laughs> I will be on the Fox Den again. Done and go. done. Okay. Done and done. Done and done. All right. I'm going. Great. Thank you, everybody. Hold on. Hold on. Okay. All right. Bye, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Next week, we have Gino Tool with us. And uh, I don't remember what we're talking about. We're talking about something. All right. So, <laughs> buona notte, everybody. Ciao. Buona notte. Okay. Buona, buenas noches. There you go. Ciao, ciao.